Back home again in dear old Elmhurst, and it seems that I can see the gleaming French porch lights still burning bright through the seven wards of trees. The backyard skunks send all their fragrance through the streets I used to roam. When I dream about the moonlight on her salt creek, how I long for my great big Elmer's home. Golly! And now, podcasting from a two-person hot tub high atop the Butterfield Park water tower, it's the E-Town Lowdown, created by Robbie and Rick. And now, your handsome hosts, PK, Rick, and their highly paid intern, Malort. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to a very <laughs> disturbing intro to... The first edition of the E-Town Lowdown with a live guest. Not that we've had dead guests, but we've had live guests in a long, long time. Amen, brother. We're Thank here you. in the hot tub. <laughs> it's uh, It was a long climb for our guest. He's a little tired. Our guest today is Mr. Adam Hodge. And Adam's got a really interesting story. He's got a passion project, as I think is what you called it when I met you a few weeks ago. And it's uh, he's got a watch company with some really neat, Men's watches, maybe ladies' watches, but we'll get into that later. Okay. That okay. that there's probably nothing else interesting about you, right? Other than your watch company. That's what I told you. But guys we're gonna find some interesting things. Right you here don't, in yes. Elmhurst. You don't yes. think there's anything interesting, but the three of us are gonna bring out a lot of interesting facts about you. Excellent. So I've got my good buddies PK and Malord here in the hot tub. How are you guys? Awesome. Happy it to be here. Great to have Adam here. Welcome to Elmhurst. Well, Thank you. You Thank live you. here, but welcome. I do. When, when did you first move here really quickly? No, we'll, <laughs> then we'll start the interview. Okay, okay. <laughs> this isn't part of it. Okay, here we go. Uh, 2014. So move, 2014. Yeah, 20, so oh, yeah. so w- welcome in 2014, eight years yeah. ago. Right? Oh, that's awesome that he's right here in the community. <laughs> yeah. So right? tell exactly. us a little bit about where you grew up, where you were born, where your family's from. Sure. So I grew up in uh, originally born kind of in Arlington Heights, uh, Palatine area. And then when I was eight, moved to St. Charles, but not even like St. Charles St. Charles. It was in the cornfields of St. Charles, where this was before. They call that Geneva, you know. Uh, they they call it Campton Hills now. Right. Uh-huh. But uh, it took me a good twenty minutes to get to a supermarket where I was living. So I was like, way out in the. Where'd you go to fields. high school? St. Charles High School. Okay. Yeah. That was when it was Wait, one. What? Wait. <clears throat> east or east or west or whatever. It was east, but it was just called St. Charles High School. Oh well, the only one. Yeah. Camden Hills is that where you ride your unicycle sometimes? <laughs> I've been to St. Charles High School. It's Campton or Camden? Campton. Campton. Campton Hills. Hills. That would be formerly known as Unincorporated Campton Township. Yes. And, and, and we, yeah, we, 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 our address was one of the 7N type of Let's addresses. be clear. You were a trendsetter then, and mm-hmm. you're a trendsetter now. I appreciate yeah. that. Thank yeah. you. Malort's his real name, but Magellan's his nickname. Okay. He I knows. have extensive knowledge of overall Kane County. So Palatine, Arlington Heights, that yes. area you're born. How when did you move out to the Campton Hills area? So when I turned eight, so nineteen eighty eight. Okay. Um, and what what did you do in Palatine and Arlington Heights that you couldn't do in Campton Hills? Anything? 
pretty much the just your life moved and you're doing yeah, the same I mean, thing. Yeah, I mean, it was my, you know, townhome to a house built right next to the cornfield. So it was, uh, yeah, we were just, we were moving somewhere where into a house, an actual house. So that's, that was Field of dreams, that kind of cornfield? Oh, it was, yeah, real, I'm not joking, cornfield here, smelled manure. Uh, that's kind of what, if I smell manure now, I think of summertime. Uh, I can kind of smell it right now. <laughs> Did you get those corn bugs, those little black corn bugs that all I didn't know. No. We had we had snakes in the backyard, poisonous or just no no garter just snakes. Garter snakes. They were so fun. so, what did you do as things started to evolve? Like we're we're, we're you know starting to develop your who you were, high school. Yeah yeah I guess so. I mean where'd uh, you go to high school? So I went to high school at St. Charles High. It was okay. when it's uh, when it was one single school. So I mean you know. It was hard to have kids because the neighborhood was basically like maybe six houses. It's hard to have kids when you're in high school. Yeah, of course it is. Of course. I mean, that would be a W. (laughs) It's possible. It was hard to have friends. Possible, but not Kids who were friends didn't necessarily live by me very much. So, you know, I always have to set up days to go get dropped off with my mom. It wasn't until I was, I think, able to drive really where I had a little more freedom and got to connect with the social network a little more. So what happened after high school? After high school, I graduated and... Got as far as I could away from my house, but still in state. So I went to Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, Illinois. Right down, uh, not too far from the confluence of the Ohio and the Mississippi, right? Yeah. I I tell you, 40 miles maybe? Well, Missouri's right there. It is right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually beautiful, that whole area. It is. It's awesome. Been to some fine wineries down there. That's right. Yeah. 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 How'd you decide to go there? Seriously, was it just to get as far away as you could? Yeah, and be in and, state tuition. And my sort of my thing? brother had gone there as well. So, and and to be honest, if you visit the campus, uh, the campus is beautiful. I mean, it like we're our dorms run like yeah, it's a beautiful a three place. story right on a lake, and it, it, it it's it's a really nice looking. Was campus. it there that you studied watchmaking? <laughs> <laughs> it was there where I went because I had no idea what the hell I wanted to do. Yeah. So uh, what'd you study? I uh, ended up studying marketing and international business. Nice. So, which nice. is something I do love. And did you get a degree in both of those? Yeah, I got I got a degree in actually international business with a minor in Spanish, so I could speak Spanish, and then the marketing degree as well. So PK likes to skip ahead all the time. So, like when you're in high school as a kid, did you have any jobs? Oh, I did, and it's a very. I think this is probably a, ingrained in my memory. I worked at a restaurant called Three Hundred Two West. Uh, it's in Geneva, and it was like one of the high-end restaurants, really fancy. And I was a busboy, but we had like our own little family. And I worked there all through high school, and which is tough because you're working, you know, basically Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. So I would be done working around ten thirty, eleven o'clock, and then have to hook up with my friends. So I missed out on a lot of trouble times, like you know, times where I could have been causing chaos and havoc. But uh, I had a great, I mean, honestly, like my, my click of the waiters who were there and the friends I've made or lifetime friends. I even graduated college, didn't get a job, and went back to be a busboy. And the owner, uh, Joel, was basically like, look, I can make you a waiter. But if I make you a waiter, you're probably going to stick around here and not go use your degree. So I'm not going to do that. And I was like, <laughs> after because after like, you'd make enough money, just oh enough yeah, to... you'd make a great a good amount of cash. You'd be coming in, and you just would not stop being a waiter. Did you ever and, read um, one of Anthony Bourdain's books? And and granted, that wasn't necessarily on the weight bus side, but some of the crazy stuff that goes on in restaurants. Did you see any crazy stuff of the regulars? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't it? Yes, there was some stuff that that went on behind the scenes that was yeah, some crazy, some crazy stuff. I'm not going to divulge any of the any good stories on any of that kind of stuff. But uh, but you learned from it. Oh, it could have been a TV show. It could. We we joked all the time. This could seriously be a TV show. The personalities that were there, the stuff that was happening, and so do you have somebody in that circle of friends that maybe had some writing talent, maybe yourself, where you could write a script and uh, pitch it somewhere. Possibly not myself. I do not write. <laughs> we go in all kinds of weird, weird I tell directions you, here. No, no, I'm not. I'm uh, no, not that I know of. Although I was making like home video movies at that time, and I wanted to go to film school, which kind of pushed me over to Southern Illinois University because they have a good radio television. They so that was kind of another influence in that. They absolutely so. do. And we had a former guest on this podcast once, who's an SIU grad who was involved in the TV production, who was a stagehand at WGN. Refresh oh, yeah. I remember back. Greg, Greg Clay. Clay, yeah. Oh, right. Greg, oh, yeah. I mean, it's a graduate that, of Southern. and So you had that role. interest. Yeah. Did you Great have any place. other hobbies, interests, clubs, sports you were involved oh, with? Oh, yeah. I played soccer. I still play soccer now. Soccer. That's, that's, what's that? That's for a us game, old that's, guys. That's, that's for you guys for, play throw ball. I play kickball. That's for okay. people who can't play baseball. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that, that would be me, but I never played soccer. It's those people that play on the lawn. Right. The pitch, right? Exactly. I did play lacrosse in college. Oh, there's a fun game. Yeah, and that was mainly just drinking. I played college in lacrosse once. Ah. (laughs) Totally different thing. (laughs) I do a little ba-bomb-bomb, but... We can't afford sound effects. We blew the budget. There's no sound effects. All in the hot tub. So what did you enjoy playing more, soccer or lacrosse and... Why? Which one were you more talented? I mean, I still play soccer, and I love it. And if I don't play it, like I got a little bit of an injury a couple weeks ago, and I'm already like getting anxiety. I got to get back out on the field. And so, yeah, I love soccer. It's something that I want to play as long as I can, and I've seen people do it. Lacrosse was great, but I mean, I got uh, I got a bad concussion, which knocked me out for a while, and I got actually hit, and then I came to. And I didn't know where I was, and it took me a good couple hours to get, uh, you know, my memory back to what was like where I was, what was going on. So that kind of freaked me out, and I just didn't. Well, you, the same thing could happen in soccer too. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. You need okay. as long as you got a good neurosurgeon and a good orthopedic surgeon, you're good to go. You go as long as you want, right? It I could play, happen. I play there. old man soccer. We did we fifty fifty ball. Nobody touches it. We all back away. Hey, I don't want to get hurt. So it could I, happen tur- during a, a rough podcast. It, it could, could, it could, you know. <laughs> I've heard you, you guys throw in mugs at each other. You might have a little too much to drink and trip over the edge of <laughs> of anything. Could be trip over air. You never know, right? It's, life is dangerous. It is. So you really got to be careful. Well, it's good that you still play soccer. That's neat. And you're looking forward to starting the season again? Yeah, and I coach the AYSO teams for my two kids, so that kind of gets... Do you take that really seriously since you're a soccer guy? You can't. They're They're... They're seven and eight year olds. The bumblebees following the ball. I have to basically remove that part of my brain and remember these kids are trying to have fun and it's hurting cats. Basically, I'm I'm just trying to keep the kids uh, paying attention at practice and having fun at the games. Hey, as long as they're having fun, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, as so long as they want to keep playing. So yeah. now back to where PK was. You're at Southern. Yes. What'd you do there other than study? Because there wasn't a lot of studying going on back then. At no, and what's funny is so Southern Illinois is like uh, it's a it got the reputation when I was there around as a port party school, right? But uh, well, none of us have ever heard that. Yeah, I'm sure. So it, I I even talk about it with people who have never gone there and they're going to. So we ran everything was done house parties. So it would we would I remember getting there freshman year, and they'd have chalk writing on the wall like 908 West Mill. 
12 kegger. And they, that's how they rated everything was the number of kegs that was going to be there. So we'd like, you could see maybe six or seven of those houses that were going to have their house party. And the guys basically just took their furniture, moved it in one room, got a DJ, charged it three bucks a cup, and uh, and paid for the rent, I think. And that was probably Tuesday night through Sunday. And then what was also really cool is, and I'm probably getting too deep into the party. No, 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 not at all. This is not at all. I mean, I was there for academics. No, it's good for somebody to expose all that. Yeah, I was there for academics. studious guys, you know, we're fascinated by this. Yeah, so um, every Tuesday through Sunday night, we did this thing called Take the Strip, which basically the bars close. And the kids just we just walk out, and then somebody walks in the street and says, "Take the strip," and then everybody walks out chanting. And then the cops already have the cars there; they pull it off, block off Main Street, and then we sit there and people get on shoulders and we chant. And so, if I heard you right, that's every night but Monday. It it was every night but Monday. Well, I don't fo- know. Football's on any, Monday, so you gotta have a night off. I, maybe maybe they didn't do Sunday. It's I think they s- did it Tuesday through Saturday. That's I think only Sunday was. That's off. only five days. It's what's the yeah. big deal, right? You gotta have a night off. But I, I mean, I remember going there on a Tuesday, and I was like, "What is going on here? This is perfect," you know. And but you enjoyed your time down there outside of oh the no partying. I mean, the classroom. Yeah, no, it, and- it's, it was a good. It was a good school. I made a lot of friends, and it, like I said, the the campus is underrated, and the uh, the whole area, the surroundings are underrated. Giant city. You can go rock climbing and. It's it's awesome down there. So you you start down at Southern. What did you see yourself doing as a career when you started at Southern? I wasn't sure, um, and then I started to get uh, into the College of Business with marketing, and I I love advertising. So I was that gets my heart beating is advertising and just the commercials, the targeting, uh, all the fun stuff that goes along with it. <clears throat> so I leaned more towards that, but with more of the marketing focus. And I wanted to travel, which I love traveling. So I then leaned over towards the international uh, studies as well. So then from there, graduating, I kind of had a target. Like I want to get hired at an ad agency. And thankfully, Chicago's got a good handful of them. And from there, came back, worked at a flower shop, worked as a busboy, just grounded out until I got a good in at uh, Leo Burnett Starcom and came in and did, I basically worked for Starcom's, which is the placement agency in the media research department, which was a great transition. Again, I'm going to make myself sound like some alcoholic or party animal, but it was a spectacular transition because it's basically everybody that you work with, it just came out of college. I had a fridge. I had beer in the fridge. We had a bar up there. I did like an open mic night and DJ night. And basically you could just, you, it was a transitional. It was a transition from like college to work college. And you just had to, you just had to work hard. You, that was the whole thing is you put in the hours. It's kind of like here. We have a fridge and kind of a bar. And is it like Mad Men? <laughs> no, it was not like that. No. <laughs> did you watch Mad Men? Yeah, I didn't. Did you? I mean, I've little. little, So those guys were the creative, creative. The the creative floors were awesome. I mean, they had foosball, pool, the hockey domes. Um, Yeah, you just go there and you hang out basically until an idea hits. Pretty much like right here. Right. So what do the non-creatives do? Uh, You were heads banking. I did a. (laughs) He's not wrong. I did a lot of spreadsheets. I did a lot of graph spreadsheets and targeting. So I figured out, for example, uh, Miller Lite would be like, "Hey, we ran this campaign." Uh, here's our results that we got. Uh, what do you think we should do? I was basically an internal consultant. So then I'd take it and tweak the plan on the fly and be like, hey, why don't we put more ad dollars? 
um, to these these magazines that are hitting hard. But what was funny is when I was there, internet was just starting to get like uh, big, and we had a separate company called Internet Protocol. So it was like the Starcom IP group, and then I transitioned right over to there immediately and did a bunch of stuff with Oracle as well. So. I w- that was before it was like it was a separate company that was like oh well, we can sell our services that we use for the internet so it, it was it was right on the cusp of when I mean good god that's where most of the advertising is done now any uh any teachers that you had either in St. Charles or in college that you considered mentors or really made a difference in your life that you'd like to call out oof I had a uh, I had a guy named Mr. Stacy in, in junior high who was a science teacher and he was just an awesome dude, super positive. Uh, he would he you know he would like, his positivity would just ooze, so he'd always get have, make a lot of fun out of science and and. Think he's still teaching or probably not? I mean, was he an older guy when you were there? Yeah, or? he may have been in his forties when he was teaching. So yeah, he's probably. Retired. And you're like twenty six. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm forty one, going okay. on forty two here in a month. Well, he might still be teaching. You never know. Yeah. It's nice to have somebody that made a difference back that far in your life and you still remember him. Um, so what about your upbringing? And maybe it was living next to the cornfield makes you who you are today. Wow, that is a deep question. Um, I don't know. What, like how I was raised and how it formed who, who I am. Right. And, and the you know, the towns you lived in. The, maybe the school that you went to in in Carbondale. I guess uh, I think us being Midwestern in general has taught me that you know when you come into a room and you're around a bunch of people that you don't know, which happens when you first move, right? So my first move, you have to get over that barrier and you got to walk up and say hi to people, and that's I think a, a challenge that I learned young, just coming in, you know, moving at eight years old, um, and then I was able. <clears throat> You're able to see the other side, right? So then when a new kid comes in, I'd always be the first one to be like, hey, you know, what's up? Welcome. Like in high school, there was a, uh, we had a German exchange student named Bjorn, Bjorn Duker. And he came into our class and I was like, hey, what's up, man? Come in. You know, I wanted to plug him into our network of friends and I still keep in touch with him. I still shoot emails with him now and then. But uh, you know, he was really Swedish, right? <laughs> Bjorn. He had yeah. you duped. Yes. <laughs> But, Swedish, uh, German, German, Swedish, something like that. Yeah, no, I had, I had a good group of friends where we didn't get in too much trouble just enough. And, uh, you know, I, I had a, my parents were, were some – what I tell people is when I – I didn't want to disappoint them. So, I, you know, I wouldn't – there's there's things out there where you're like, I shouldn't do that. And, you know, right and wrong. But my whole thing was like, look, I, I don't want to do this because I think it would disappoint them. I know it's wrong. That's kind of my gauge for when I was a, when I was a kid, you know, around those times. So I think it's fair to say, what drew, what drew you to Elmhurst after, after uh, college? So I went to the city. We lived kind of uh, near, right on the cusp in Southport area near Wrigleyville. Um, Who's we? Me and my wife, Donna. And how'd you meet her? Start there. Uh, I met her through a friend. So it was like at a, at a bar. As an adult? Uh, yeah. Not, as a, not in school, in other words. Yeah, so I came out and it was uh, <clears throat> well, I was 22. So I had, a, you know, I was, I was out. And we Tell were, us more about how you came out. In Wrigleyville. How did I get there? Oh, this guy. Man, he's throwing him out. He's, he's throwing him good. He's, 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 he's throwing you a curve. Just ignore him, Adam. No, but you, so you said you came out. So I was, I was, uh, I was in uh, Wrigleyville. Not, around, not, that, not, not a few neighborhoods away. It's all good. Yeah. And uh, 
we realized we were going to have a family and we wanted to move out of the city. We Wait, well, how'd anymore. you meet her? I met her through a friend. So Just did a bar was, or what? Yeah, yeah. So it was like, it was one of those. We, uh, we all want to know the okay. story. Which bar was it? <clears throat> I think it was called Cherry Red, to be honest with you. It's now called it, Head, it Head was, By the way, it was. Okay. He, he knows it was. Well, it was either that or when, I'm trying to think of the other ridiculous bars we go. We went to these bars, so maybe this was a, this is how they marketed it, right? You'd show up and then like, oh, someone wins a draw a free party for you and your friends, and then right. you're like, oh, we sure. get free drinks for an hour, and they just give you trash, you know, booze for an hour yep. with your bracelet, and you bring like ten other people, and then that ends, and then you got to actually spend money there. Right. Uh, but this is the most important woman in your life. Yeah. So I met uh, my friend Brad. His wife was his girlfriend at the time, Lindsay. It was her friend's friend. And okay. What's her name? Donna. Donna. Yeah. Where'd she oh, grow up? Donna. She actually grew up in Palatine as well. Arlington okay. Heights, Palatine area. So Cool. Wow. Yeah. So met her, met her through friends of a friend at a bar. And uh, yeah, I knew I liked her a lot and then kind of pursued that. And So you live downtown with her? Yes. Then you're... We got married, moved downtown, and then, uh, yeah, four years or so, we're like, hey, we want to get, get to go have a family. And so my wife's mom lived in Oak Brook. We were just kind of testing out suburbs and that kind of stuff, you know, check out like Oak Park and Naperville and all that kind of stuff. And then we like drove through Elmhurst and I was like, holy cow, this place is pretty cool. Rocking. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Rented from a close, real estate agent. <clears throat> close to everything, unlike anything. In the middle of everything. I tell you, it, it, it's like a secret gem. You know that? It is. Yeah. Middle of the Chicago metropolitan area. It's awesome. It yeah. really is. Travel's awesome, too. You can get yeah. out. Oh, I tell them, like, 30 minutes. Going, I'll yep. be there in 30 minutes unless you're too far away. Right. But let's <laughs> let's hear more about Donna. Yeah, what do you want to know? Very intriguing. No. It sounds, He's it just going to give wonderful. you a hard time. <laughs> what, what did uh, she do for a living when you met her? Uh, she's in IT, so uh, project management, management kind of stuff. And then when we moved out here, she started working at Takeda Pharmaceuticals, and now works for Pfizer. So the so. spreadsheet guy got together with the IT girl. Yeah, at a bar. Yeah, that's drinking, how it works. Drinking cheap alcohol. Exactly. It's the American dream. <laughs> well, she works for Pfizer though, so we got to we got to in on uh, right the COVID thing. You got to hook you up. For, so timing is the key to the, everything. For the ninth vaccination. <laughs> right. So between you and your wife, she's basically a Palatine girl. You're a St. Charles yeah, guy. Yeah, northwest sort of suburbs. Camp you know, they're all the same kind what's, of. What's different and what's the same about Elmer's compared to yeah, Palatine and right. St. Charles? So I, I I just know here, I just love that the, so that the neighborhoods are a little tighter together, right? And they're yeah. and I like I'm I'm not a subdivision kind of guy. So the subdivisions is where, is where I grew up in is with subdivision. Boom, pull in. There's a subdivision. I didn't really want that. I want more of kind of like here's a neighborhood. A neighborhood. Yeah. yeah, sidewalks. So what subdivision do you live in? My subdivision was called the Hastings. Yeah, back in St. Charles. Uh, yeah, but how about Elmers? Uh, I don't know. What is it? What, the Burfield where do you live? area? Right over, right over here. Burfield? By the, by the, right where down the water tower. We're looking down at it yeah. right now from. Where your in-laws live? Where's that? I don't know what it's called. I, I think it, I've, think Butterfield I've seen Park. Park. Butterfield, Butterfield Park. Highlands, I think I've seen before. That in, in realtor fancy. stuff. You know, Elmhurst, you're right though, Adam, because Elmhurst is not a subdivision town. It really is more of a Chicago style neighborhood. And if you look around hard enough, you'll find some Chicago bungalows in the Elmhurst area. But. Having grown up just over the border of the city in Chicago, 
I feel the same way. Southside guy. Yeah, I'm a Southside guy. Never wanted to live in a subdivision in my life. Yes. Just, just not for me. I don't like streets that go in circles. I don't like uh, streets that are where it's like Oak Street, Oak Avenue, Oak Lane. That's confusing to me. It should never happen. I, you know, give me a city grid. Yeah. What what, right par- angles. what parish did you grow up in? Exactly. And Malort, what's your favorite kind of car, Malort? My favorite kind of car? Yeah, we're going to ask a bunch of questions. A sold know. car. Well, you know, I'm just trying to agree with our guest here. <laughs> Make him feel welcome. Validate his points. You, See? you are. That's so, why they made me an intern on this podcast. <laughs> he, he's overpaid, let me tell you. <laughs> so where's your favorite place to frequent in Elmers? Whether it be a restaurant? Um, <clears throat> on frequency, I go to H.B. Jones a lot because we play soccer, and then our that's our watering hole after. So I'm there once a week they usually. sponsor you i hope no no absolutely Wait, not. you're playing soccer or you're do you have kids yet he, he, we yeah, all play we he all has play. kids he hey plays welcome back soccer you're you're here you're back yeah yeah we did that a while <laughs> ago yeah so so seriously <laughs> you're playing your kids are playing soccer and you go there no, no 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 he's playing no no soccer. i play soccer with the a men's group we just kind of hang out kick the ball around and then we go drink beer gotcha. at gotcha. hb jones you but, know have you ever thought of aircept how about uh, Prevagen? <laughs> whatever, whatever. I meant to buy so some H. Prevagen, Jones. but I forgot. Any any <laughs> other places in Elmhurst you really oh, enjoy? Either taking your like family food? or oh yeah, food, uh, drink, uh, theater, entertainment, or, anything. Know. Oh yeah, I mean, um, I love the library. I'm not going to joke about that because the makery is incredible. If you guys been down to that yeah. that thing, yeah. oh jeez. Is, so that can, where, is that where you're making watches? I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. Almost. I'm that, was almost a, that was a really good question. Almost, though, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Cut, you could. But I could take that, that glass down there and put my logo on it. Right. And it, I mean, right. I've been doing tons of fun. I've almost been there once a week because I drop my really? kid off at gymnastics and I go there and I'll print shirts and I'll, I'll try and figure We out love how. the director of the library. Yeah. She was a um, guest of ours early on and we actually uh, recorded the podcast at the library. In one of their studios. Oh, very cool. That's before Malort was our intern. We she's had our, a, she's awesome. We had our other partner who has unfortunately passed away. God rest his soul, Robbie. Yet I feel like tonight the spirit of yodeling Robbie's in the room with us. <laughs> I, I always think it just he always is. I think it just may. So, um, Elmer's Parks. Do you have an Elmer's Park you you like the most? Where do you play soccer? Where do you, where do you I, hang? I think you- the, the, the Barron's Park. I mean, Barron's Park, the turf is awesome out there. Um, I spend a lot of time at Eldridge just because it's easy and we can play soccer out there. Um, Are you familiar with Goose Poop Park? Which one's that? It's on the west side of Salt Creek. No. In Eldridge? Oh, I think I know you what know you're that about. little field up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We refer to that as Goose Poop Park. That's we actually did a bit on that <laughs> about three or four years ago. You remember that? I it's do pretty remember accurate. That. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really just cigar butts. It's not goose poop. <laughs> <laughs> we, I, I go to that side of the bridge when there is uh, like some festival where there's, they have all the stuff going on. I don't know. You know what that is, Malort? Say that again. The, the festival on the other side of the bridge in Eldridge. Yeah, where it's got the they, got, they have like a bunch of stuff, and then they. I don't think we're invited. It's a kids one. It's it's ah. They got the petting zoo area. We just hang here in Barron's and look down on <laughs> on the little people. So, and on that note, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our special guest, Adam Hodge. This is Mary Beth Harper, director of the Elmhurst Public Library, and you're listening to the E Town Lowdown with your hosts Robbie and Rick. But PK is the one with all the talent. 
Today we have a new segment on the Eat Down Lowdown with Yodeling Robbie. He's gone mobile. Today's guest is Mr. C. Gar Butts. He is the park ambassador at Goose Poop Field at Eldridge Park. Now let me talk to you a little bit, uh, Mr. Butt. Now oh, please, please call me Gar. I, I, my friends call me Gar, so you can call me Gar. Are there any impacts to your health having a job like you have? I'm not sure what you mean. I mean, I just, I'm in charge. I'm the park ambassador. Any skin irritations or special growths? From what? I don't, I don't understand. Where, what, what are you getting at? I, I just want to make sure you're healthy and uh, there's no exposure for the city. Exposure for what? In case you get sick. From what? Goose poop. There's no goose poop. There's no goose poop in Goose Poop Park. It's just a name. There's no geese over here. Well, I think you ought to go back there now. No, 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 no. There are no geese at Goose Poop Park. That's a myth. It's a myth, and don't believe it. Do not believe it. Well, I've been there, and I've seen them, and I believe we just heard I them. smoke a lot of cigars, okay? <coughs> I smoke a lot of cigars, and occasionally I leave the butts laying around. Ambassador Butts, let me ask you a question here. What do you do with the poop after you pick it up? I don't don't pick up any poop, sir. I I don't. Now, any poop that just may happen to fall by happenstance, the little boys and girls of the soccer leagues, they pick it up. Well, they pick it up for you. Well, I'm not exactly sure, but I know that there's no goose poop in Goose Poop Field. It's just a name. Then why do you draw a paycheck? I'm the park ambassador. I am the ambassador of the park. What don't you understand about that? Let's move on. Do you have to wear any special equipment, any hazmat suits or anything like that? Well, I got my car hard on and my boots. What else do I need? Oh, that'll work. Nothing better. Nothing better. Do you have any special insurance that you need? Insurance? Ain't got no insurance. No, insurance. That's what I said, insurance. Okay. Ain't got no insurance. We'll move on, Mr. Butts. But as I said, please call me Gar. Okay, okay, Mr. Gar. Thank you. Ambassador Gar. Are there any city waivers that you have to sign to actually do your job? Well, I waved to her and I waved to him and mostly her, though. Very good, very good. Um, who is your backup when you're sick or something happens to you you're on vacation who picks up the goose poop then my lady friend my lady friend helps me so you don't take her on vacations with you well i do i'm the berwin oh that was one of my questions where would you go on vacation berwin do they have uh, geese there as well there's no geese in elmhurst in the first place i was talking I know about what you're talking about berwin let's we move to berwin Why, there may be geese there what you getting at all right we're going to move on to something else salaries you draw a salary for apparently doing nothing and can you tell me when your last salary increase was i'm a volunteer oh I'm, i just get paid nothing to be a park ambassador what don't you understand about that i go down there it's the only place in elmhurst other than sugar crack golf course where i can smoke a cigar in the park i think that's sugar creek golf course whatever now really how many hours a week do you work then 
work. I volunteer. I told you that. But you draw a salary. I've seen the city oh, records. You draw a salary. Hey, hey, you got proof of that, buddy? Ambas- you ain't got no proof. Ambassador Gar, it's public record. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry, but we're going to, you know, my attorney's advising me to not say much more. This is going to really pull at your heartstrings. Do your kids aspire to follow in your footsteps? Kids? I ain't got no kids. Who told you that? I believe I saw the records. Of no, 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 you can't prove that. Okay, well, I'm sorry. Okay. All right. I hear you're paid by the pound of poop you collect. How do you attract... Those are cigar butts. They're not poop. Mm. I, I beg to differ with I'm you. I'm telling you, I, I saw it in the record. It's cigar butts. We have evidence, Ambassador Gar. I'm sorry, but I, I think this interview's over. Okay, but I just want to know one thing. How is it that we have more geese in Elmhurst, in the parks, than before you started your job? Uh, I got nothing to say. I had nothing more to say. Goodbye. Okay, nice talking to you, Mr. Ambassador Gar. Hi, this is Jack Island of the Silverado Grill. My definition of a great evening is yoga, Maryland crab cakes, and eat down lowdown. With Robbie, Rick, and PK. Well, yoga and crab cakes. We're back here on the lowdown with our special guest, Adam Hodge. And uh, Adam has agreed to take on my favorite segment, the E Town Lowdown Mowdown, where we're going to mow down Adam to his very core. Adam, are you really ready for this? I trained. Here we go. You ready? Yes. Spock or Scotty? Spock. Uh, Nancy Drew or Jessica Did I answer that first question wrong? Because there was a pause and a a, Um, a re-loop there. um, PK might have... uh, Okay. He might have been over-served. No, we're we're over-signaled. Okay. No, PK comes after Rick in the order, but that's okay, PK. As I said, Nancy Drew or Jessica Fletcher. He doesn't I'm, know either. I'm going to pull it. Nancy. There yeah. you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, ping she pong. Hot. She was hot. <laughs> she was. You know, he, again, he's not wrong. Wow. <laughs> he's, he's just not wrong tonight. Uh, ping pong or pool? Pool. Bezel or Bezos? Bezos? Lefty or righty? Righty. Restaurant or home cooking? I do like the restaurants. Cubs or socks? Cubs. Cubs. Uh, spring or fall? Spring. Yeah. I'm Amen, brother. Right we now. We are in Elmhurst, and the leaves awesome. make fall difficult. Digital or analog? Analog. Wow. Mac or PC? Very hard on the PC here. Uh, walking <clears throat> or bicycling? I don't own a bike. Morning? Enough, enough said. Can I do skateboarding? <laughs> that's, that's more my thing. Well, Longboard or... I like uh, it. Yeah, more of a cruiser. Okay. So do Ollies? <laughs> Guess that's a no. No on the Ollies. No? Oh no, I do not do Ollies. Uh, okay. I did one when I pulled my skateboard out of the garage and I wiped out and almost shattered my elbow. My wife said, Okay, no more of that. Did your truck Smart survive? Lady. Yeah, trucks. See, are I got good. I got mad skateboard stuff. knowledge. Anyway, moving on. Rocky Road or Cherry Garcia? Rocky Road. Arsenio or Arsenal? 
Arsenal is in the Gunners, as in soccer. Yes, Arsenal. Yes, hard. Wow. That's, that's those are my boys. We've done a little research. Yeah, sofa or couch. Let's go sit on the sofa. Magnum PI or Sam Malone? Magnum. Appetizers or hors d'oeuvres? <laughs> oh, come on. You got to you got just appetizers. Come on. That's how we do it. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Beach or mountains? I like the beach better. Red or black licorice? I like black licorice a lot. Nice. I'll actually eat the jelly beans like nice. that. Nice. Yes. Wow. Good and plenties. Flannel or silk? Flannel. This is a really hard one. Are you ready? Yeah. Bono or Bono? Is in Sonny Bono or Bono? Bono? Come on. Bono's got to take the cake on that one. You've got to be kidding me. Playing football while you're skiing? That doesn't get you any points. Prince in the Revolution or Morris Day in the Time? I'm not a Prince fan. Oh, so yeah, Morris yeah. Day. Mm, purple rain. Um, I knew he'd pick the time. Yeah. A watch guy. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, the book or the movie? Can I say the graphic novel? Wow. Ebook or conventional book? Absolutely paper. Dogs or cats? Dogs only. Coke or Pepsi? I like a Coke better. All right, here's the one that's really going to draw some ire here. He's not even going to know. If you don't answer this correctly. Ready? Marianne or Ginger? Now, I know you guys have listened to other podcasts. So I know you're, you're oh, I know where, which direction you lead, but uh, Marianne. Nice. Amen, brother. <laughs> wrong answer. <laughs> right answer. That's a wrong answer. Yeah. No. Sorry. All, all, all day long. Tile or hardwood? Going back to Marianne. That's not Ginger. a follow-up question. Ha- hardwood. <laughs> is this PG thirteen or is this not anymore? Here? You okay there, PK? Uh, uh, that's good. Coke or Pepsi? He already has them all. <laughs> I'm gonna do crystal clear Pepsi this time. Oh wow! It's gotta be the gotta first, be crystal clear. First answer. I'm gonna stay in my hard line of questioning here. Roosevelt or Roosevelt? I say Roosevelt. Uh, Mary Ann or Ginger? <laughs> Is this a psych evaluation? Second, second I'm going to say Mary Ann again. Stick, <laughs> stick with Still it. Still wrong. Still correct. Uh, James Brown or James Taylor? James Brown, because he made some good beats. Ow! <laughs> yes or no, should men wear sandals? Yes. Yes or no, wear your watch to bed? Absolutely. Amen. Amen. All day mine, long. Mine glows all night, so. Yeah. <laughs> night glow. Yes. Uh, uh, soda or pop? I've always called it soda pop. I like oh, soda. I think oh, soda's oh, better. Both. Yeah. Twist. But I like, we'll go soda. That's a St. Charles thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Grilled cheese or peanut butter and jelly? Peanut butter only? Oh, wow. Crunchy peanut butter only? Oh. I'm throwing in. Am I, not lot, uh, I know these are, these are my on, choice. Huh? You came way out of left field. Yeah, it's yeah. your show. Yeah. I'm no. uncomfortable. <laughs> I got nuts in my butter. <laughs> Saints or Salukis? Salukis. <laughs> Have you seen a Saluki dog? <laughs> They're pretty they are awesome. majestic. Yeah. They it are looks, incredible. Looks like a greyhound or a whippet. Yes, but the way its hair flows and when it moves fast, they're, they're it's awesome. It's almost like a mythical creature. <laughs> It it does it look like yeah. that. Batman or Superman? 
Batman's a badass. We're going to bleep that one. You All black. Nope, nope. You know what Batman's superpower is, right? Being rich? He's rich. Yeah. <laughs> Invisibility or super strength? You could get up to a lot of cool stuff with being invisible. Favorite beer? Guinness. Quite possibly the most important question of the day. Cubs or Sox? He already asked them all. <laughs> I like the Cubs. And I'll, I'm, his, even, I'm even leaning on... He's got his finger on the pulse over here, We got everyone. a potential Cubs watch coming out because I work with the Cubs charity. So we got oh, wow. a potential Cubs wow! watch coming out. Spoiler awesome. alert from PK. Yeah. Look at that line of questioning. Okay, ready for this one? Rolex or Swatch? Oh, my God. That's a I, I crazy mean, question. Ro- people hate on Rolex in the watch community because I think a lot of people think it's too snooty and too snobby, but I think it's badass. How often does it need an overall? When a three hundred dollar so, overall. So you kidding me? It's like fifteen fifteen hundred dollars to get your to get your watch uh, serviced now yeah. for Rolex. How often? They always tell you like I think it's three to five years. I don't touch it until it breaks. To be honest with you, a yeah. watch is Amen. built to run. Amen. Every once in a while, if you get something vintage, you want to give it a little more. Yeah, but for the most part. Couple of tree. Bacon or sausage? I've said enough audibles here, so I'm just going to go with sausage. Quite possibly the most important question. <laughs> Tile or hardwood? <laughs> hardwood. <laughs> okay. Ready for this? Halloween at Carbondale. For St. Patrick's Day in Elmhurst. No St. Patrick's Day in Elmhurst. Really? Safer. Oh, way wow. safer. Wow. He's been transformed. They were closed. You know, three of the five three three of the five years I was there. Oh, you never oh, lived man. it. <laughs> they were closed. We clo- they they sent us home. When I was oh, wow. in the dorms, the campus is closed. So you never you lived it. Home. I I they opened it and I knew it was trouble and I stayed home and that's when they had the riots. But you got to say Elmhurst is awesome. Elmhurst is spectacular. Can I mean that St. Patrick's Day parade? I heard it, it. It went. It was. This is one of the bigger years. In the words of my son Kyle Cook, best day in Elmhurst. Wow. Yeah. Big best Ben, day. Big Ben, or Mitch. I don't know what Mitch is. So Big Ben, Trubisky. <laughs> Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Mitch Hedberg. Oh, he's, he's a he's Mitch a he's a stealer. Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg's no, awesome. he's a stealer now. A so was big. Now. So was Big Ben, and a Big Ben was also the big tower with a big clock. That's what I was oh, thinking. Good point. I thought yeah. you were going the watch I, way. There watch might be direction. a reason for that. PK, you there? Yeah, I'm right hey, here. Hey, PK. Yeah. Hey, I'm Whoa. Adam. Nice to meet you. Hey, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about uh, Fallon or Kimmel. I dislike Kimmel and I love Fallon. Wow. Strong. Yeah, very dislike Kimmel. I wish he was better. Wait, you got that one right. Tell yeah. us more. Unlike about- to Marianne and Ginger. Wait, tell yes. us more about that. No, I think we're going to stop right there. Fallon's funny. I actually like Conan. Conan's my boy. That there guy. You have you heard his now, podcast? His podcast is, I'd Conan say, O'Brien almost as good friend. as this one. Yeah, right? almost as good oh, yeah, as this one. He needs one. a friend. It's- Do you want to be Conan O'Brien's friend? Maybe we can get you on there. If you guys can hook me up, that'd be nice. I think you'd probably be more likely to get us on there. That's, <laughs> Let's get Conan we got, on. No, we got no connections whatsoever. You probably Conan, more than us. Conan, are you available? Are we back on the questions? Yeah. yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Ready? Yay or nay? Men's watch on a woman's wrist. Yay. Absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, all day long. Okay. And the last three questions. Here we oh, go. Geez. I'm going to start. Going right down to it. Counterclockwise or anti-clockwise? You got to go counterclockwise. Nobody says anti-clock. Who they, says anti-clockwise? In, in, never heard the of Brits? it. The Brits? Oh. 
They also say mend. They and also say the lift. Aluminium. Yeah, they say a lot of funny things. And the, the boot. bumper shoot. I wish the they spoke boot. English. Yes. The boot. <laughs> the boot. <laughs> Never heard of it. We could teach them English, right? Um, we could teach so, the English English. Yeah. So Greenwich Mean or Zulu? I like the GMT, the Greenwich Mean. GMT, I yeah. love it. All right. Last, ne- actually, next to last question. Marianne uh, or Ginger? Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to go in your wheelhouse. Timex or Casio? Timex. I have my grand- grandfather's Timex. He didn't buy expensive watches, but they are Takes uh, a licking awesome. and oh, keeps man. on ticking. Yeah. Timex is legit. Okay. Do you, you remember when they would, they, the commercial with the, it was like a guy out in the Amazon. John Cameron Swayze. And he put it on a, uh, on a, on like a, on his yeah. fishing pole, it was threw frozen. it with the piranhas, right. and the piranhas ate it, and then he pulled yep, it out. Yep. How do you beat that kind of commercial? Come on, so you sold Timex. You foreshadowed the last question. No, no, Marianne or Ginger. I thought I'm <laughs> <laughs> the last. We're we're done. You survived. We're done. <laughs> you you got every question right, but one. So good job. We're gonna yeah, take wait, a, well done. We're gonna take a quick break here on the lowdown. We'll be right back. Congrats. <laughs> How are you? And welcome to another edition of Fridays with Farchi, where we believe it's always Friday somewhere. I am your host, Spencer Alexander Lagerfeld, the pride of the Upper East Side, and all of Manhattan, really. As always, I am joined by Dr. Anthony Farchi, Senior Yeast and Microbiology Fellow at Ronald's Institut de la Fromage in Luxembourg. Today, Dr. Farchi and his team have some important new COVID research to share with us. Welcome to Fridays with Farchi, Dr. Farchi. Yeah, thank you. I understand you have conducted some new experiments and made some further conclusions regarding mask effectiveness in preventing the spread of the novel coronavirus. Please enlighten us on your important European research, Dr. Farchi. European research? I haven't been to Europe since my Bubby's fourth husband died in an unfortunate bagel slicing accident. But you are a senior fellow at Ronald's Institut de la Fromage in Luxembourg, are you not? I'm the bacteria guy here at Ron's Cheese House in Luxembourg, Wisconsin. You know, just down the road from the BP next to Don's Bakery. Oh, the delicious chocolate raisin babka. Mmm. Well, in that case, please share your recent research from Ron's Cheese House. This isn't research conducted at Ron's Cheese House. It was a very controlled environment at Augie's Bar and Grill. Controlled environment? Yeah, no Bears fans. That's the law at Augie's. Are you referring to the Augustus Bistro in Auckland? Because there are no Bears native to New Zealand that I'm aware of. Absolutely not. I'm talking about Augie's. It's in Luxembourg, just uh, 20 miles north of Denmark. Ah, yes. Sweden, just a ferry ride north of Copenhagen. This has absolutely nothing to do with chewing tobacco. I can assure you, so leave your Copenhagen in the tin. And for the record, Denmark is just down the Interstate 43 from De Pere. But most importantly, my crack team's most recent research confirms our previous findings. 
Masks are completely ineffective in stopping coronavirus particles. You are still studying the effects of undergarments on coronavirus particles? No, this is even better. (sighs) You're going to have to explain again. Are you a pointer or a squatter? I beg your pardon, sir? Do you sit or stand when draining the spotted cow trough? I stand in gentlemanly fashion, but what does any of this have to do with mask effectiveness? Oi vey, I'm getting there. Asparagus or beets? What? Your favorite accompaniment to a medium rare ribeye. What do you order at the supper club, asparagus or beets? Uh, asparagus, I guess. So tell me, you had two of Mrs. Diamond's brandy old fashions at the bar before dinner. It's hard to only have two, you know. You washed down about three quarters of that delicious ribeye with a couple spotted cows. You got some of that, you know, bloat going on. You know, you got to make room for, like, your next cold one, right? So you excuse yourself and schlep over to the little boy's room. Of course, you've left your table, so you pull that old mask up to satisfy the germ police. This conversation is making me very uncomfortable. I truly hope none of the other members of the esteemed Metropolitan Club hear this interview. Cripes, come on, stay with me. Sorry, Doctor. Uh, Onwards and upwards. So you're standing there at the porcelain altar, mask and all, and boom, there it is. You almost forgot. Yes, you bet. You had some of the best prime beef Kewanee County has to offer. But you also had some of that delicious asparagus fried in Lambo Leap lard. Can you smell it? Smell what exactly? Asparagus? Well, I never... Come on, can you smell it? This is science. Can you smell it? Yes, 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 I admit it. I can smell it, well, most of the time. But I don't understand where you're going with this. Look, my crack team has figured out that nobody who's had the asparagus at Augie's has ever gotten sick with the COVID. However, 100% of the guys who had the asparagus also converted the aspergustic acid to stinky sulfur-containing chemicals that made those urinals reek. So following standard scientific research methodologies, of course, if you eat asparagus, then you will flush the virus and its odor right out of your body and into the toity. Well, and Mrs. D's old fashions are key also, kind of a catalyst of sorts. It's science, plain and simple. So are you telling me with 100% certainty that if my urine has an asparagus odor, it's really the COVID exiting my body through my digestive tract? Now you're catching on, Skippy. And that mask did nothing to stop those little asparagus-infested urine particles from entering your respiratory system. Tomato, tomato, corona particle, asparagus corpuscle. It's all the same. It's science. I'm as certain of that as I am that Aaron Rodgers will be canonized. And I'm over 85% Jewish. Dr. Farchi. With the election over, are you worried that Biden and Harris will no longer fund your research? I don't know who this Biden fellow is, and neither does he, by the way. But I have no worries with Harris. Mark Harris is a good man. He did a bang-up job as the mayor of uh, Oshkosh over there, you know, by the lake. I used to see him at services when he went to Bethel Synagogue in Sheboygan. Good man, Mark Harris. Good man. This has been Spencer Alexander Lagerfeld with another confusing and extremely troubling edition of Fridays with Fauci, or uh, Fartchi, with our guest, Dr. Anthony Fartchi. Thank you, I think, Dr. Fartchi. The opinions heard in this program are not to be construed as the opinions of the lowdown or its personalities. 
This installment has been brought to you by the good folks at Lynn Dickey's Quarterback Academies with locations in both Bellevue, Suamico, and of course, the headquarters location on Oneida Street in Titletown. Thank you, and good night. You're listening to the E-Town Lowdown. Robbie, Rick, PK, when you don't have anything better to do. Back here on the lowdown after a pretty successful mowdown, wouldn't you say, guys? Yeah, wait. So for the, there was that one question you had a lot of trouble with that we asked twice. Yeah, well, wait. Watch this. Watch what? It's a transition. I got it. I got it. So, <laughs> Master of the Segway, wow, PK. You, you guys are pros here. PK is, is incredible, let me tell you. So at the top of the show, I said there's really only one interesting thing about you, but we've disproven that. There's a lot of interesting things about you, but where we started was that you have this watch company that's a passion project. So, Malort, take it away. Okay, so Adam, so far, just to recap, we've followed you from Palatine to almost to the edge of Sycamore, almost all the way down to the Kentucky border, and yet we haven't figured out when did you first become interested in watches? Ah, okay. So I'll give you my little elevator speech of how I got hooked into the watch game. Wait, watch this. I see what you did there. Watch out. Here it comes. (laughs) He's on to you, PK. So, I wasn't necessarily interested in watches all that much, but I had gone on a cruise and was in St. Thomas or something. I was with my family, right? So, I was like 18 years old. And I remember walking by the store and they had this citizen pro diver on like a fake um, scuba tank, you know? And it had the glow-in-the-dark dial and it like had all these extra sub-dials and it would read the depth reading. And I remember seeing it and I was like, holy cow, it got my heart beating I like walked in, checked out the watch. I didn't get it then. <clears throat> I ended up getting it later down the road, uh, or you know, maybe like when I got home and did some more research and found a jewelry store. And I mean, I spent three hundred and fifty dollars on it, which back when I was eighteen was a lot. I mean, that was a ton of money. Uh, and I got into that, and then I, I kept. Uh, you there's fo- kind of some forums at that time that were still kind of talking about watches. Uh, so I'd follow that kind of stuff, and I got uh, into Seiko's then, and I got this kinetic version of a Seiko and then I kind of moved on to uh, reading watch magazines and there was uh, watch fairs that I would go to and I just I ended up getting into like a, this this ball engineer master two diver which is a uh, my first Swiss watch which I mean you guys are raising your eyebrows like you know what I'm talking about keep going keep but going I'm fascinated we're Anyways, watching you what are you are you judging us no no I, I, I'm, I'm going too deep I realize no, that no 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 yes. we'll stop you if no, you're too deep yeah Don't so I, uh, I, I I'm going to watch shows uh, I'm bringing my dad along with me to come you know I'm looking at you know stuff that's coming over that I can't have, I have no way of affording any of this stuff but I just I love the artistry I love the detail I love that some of these pieces they have a guy that you know basically is dedicated to working on building this for three months and that's the watch that comes out uh, so I got really into watches and orology as they call it um, what's it called orology like h-o-u-r H- yeah exactly yeah. orology oh never knew that who knew we're entertaining yes. and informative. <laughs> yes. So I got really deep into watches and collecting them, and I kind of expanded my collection a little bit. And I'd always, I, I've always been kind of uh, 
I like to make things. Like in junior high, I made these knockoff. Uh, it was a joke. It, you know, Stussy shirts and oh, yeah. no fear gear. Yeah. So I did. We, me and my friends you lost we, me. I'm too old. So it's these silly <laughs> shirts, and they say silly sayings on them, like the first guy who gets with the most toys and dies still dies, and no fear, we're badass or whatever. I mean, and then Stussy had this little signature on it, so we did this joke where we put Hodgeware and we draw some picture, and I drew it with marker, and we sold it to my friends in, in junior high, and we'd all pick a day and wear them. So I like making things, and I made music, and uh, it, it just kind of came to me that I look, I want to make a watch. I want to make this blend of a pilot watch, diver watch. I want to call it the seaplane uh, because I think the the name seaplane is synonymous with adventure, you know, like Indiana Jones. I'm like, if you're on a seaplane, you're going somewhere pretty cool, right? You have a story that's already unfolding. And I love watches in general because they, like, especially like a, a good timepiece. A good timepiece. And I'm not saying, uh, you know, Invicta is like just an, it's a cheap brand, but just having the timepiece and having something that you like and enjoy, you'll remember, uh, I call them magnets for memories. So basically you do something when you're wearing that watch and then it retains that memory. So you'll look back in your watch and be like, you know what, I was climbing this mountain when I wore, when I wore this watch or, um, you know, I, I graduated and my dad gave me this watch. So that it's, it's a memento. It's such a powerful memento. And men, we don't have jewelry for the most part, right? We don't have all that stuff that gets passed down to us. So... The watch is really the main thing that you can pass down to your son or daughter or whatever, and uh, and it and it continues to have a representation and memories attached to it. So I think there's a powerful thing with watches that I want this generation coming up, are you calling them millennials or whatever, hasn't seemed to gravitate towards yet. They seem like what happens for me is I hear I find somebody younger and they go, I don't need a watch, I got a phone, right? Or an Apple Watch, right? Right. And well, I, don't you agree it's more than a timepiece? It's fashion? It's fashion, and like I said, it's uh, it's a memento. It, it, it's, gonna, it's something that is, I mean, especially these mechanical ones, it's got such small inner working mechanics in it, the quality that goes into it, the appreciation you get. You spot someone's wrist, like we were just talking about your watch. Yeah. You know, you spot someone's wrist, and, and another guy who's a watch fan, you start talking talking about it, you're taking them off, you're trading watches. I mean, you don't know how many times I've been on an airplane where we trade watches to look at them with each other. Actually, I just realized with daylight savings time, I don't even I don't even look at my watch. I didn't I didn't change the time. I look at my I look at my phone for the time. Yeah. My watch is my I'm I'm a big... Well well PK the Senate just passed a bill to make daylight savings time permanent. If it passes the house, you won't have to worry about it ever again. Well, done. And I, it doesn't Boom, matter. Done. It doesn't matter. Dr. Jill has my to watch, sign it. My it's watch true. is my jewelry. Yeah. And I'm not a jewelry guy. I don't even wear a ring. But would you consider yourself a fashion guy in general or just as it relates well, to look watches? Look at him. Look at him. I mean, look I, at I'm, I'm not going to wear, uh, you know, designer couture stuff, but I like hip stuff. You know, I like like this. I like I'm almost more leaning towards a skateboarder. They, kind of they stuff, don't make you know? that stuff in size baby elephant, by the way. I can so make this. I can't wear whatever it. Whatever you'd like. Whatever you'd like. Rich gets his cl- uh, Rick gets his clothes from Omar, the tent maker. <laughs> Is it wrong? No, no judgment. That wasn't so, nice. But I had this little spear. He's the one who says it. <laughs> I had this little spiel where I talk to people and I say, hey, when you check your phone for the time, and you're, let's say you're sitting across from someone and you've gone to lunch with them, you check your phone for the time. This happens to me. I get sucked in automatically. Oh, I missed a message. Boom. Now I'm reading a, a text message from somebody, and I got someone sitting across from me. I should be talking to them. 
right? Where if I was just wearing a watch, I may look at the watch. We may even have a conversation about the watch. There's something about having an actual timepiece on your wrist, which is more meaningful. And uh, it depends on the environment you're in. People will uh, pick up on if you're wearing a watch. If you're wearing a watch uh, and depending on the, the people in the room, they may see you not wearing one and think that you don't respect time. Do you um do you go out of your way occasionally to wear a different watch based on what you're wearing or where you're going? Um I'll think about it. It absolutely always comes across my mind. So I if do. I'm here, if I'm going yeah. to the Comic-Con, I may put on a comic post. I have a watch with this little cartoon rabbit guy on it that I like. I'll wear that. If I'm going to a high-end car show, I'll pick the watch cuz I mean, here's the problem with owning a watch company is I have my collection that just sits on the watch winders and I don't wear them. So I have, I mean, I've got a good 10 watches in my collection, which I just hesitate to put on. Cause I'll tell you what, as soon as I put on one of my watch, one of those other watches and go somewhere, I'm going to run into someone. They're going to say, Hey, how's your watch company doing? Let me see what you got. And oh, how many well, watches well, are in your collection, Adam? Uh, maybe like 20. Okay. I mean, people are watching him. Yeah. People. I got photographers following me around all day. I cannot be seen wearing an, another brand watch. Fair. Yeah. Fair and Swift. That's the name, actually. Good transition there. Fair. Yeah. So what watches, you, you mentioned some, but what watches did you own before you got involved in the business? And I will also note this. So I'll tell you the ones I own, but I'll also tell you I do not sell my personal collection. I have a strict rule. If I am to trim down my personal collection, I must gift it to someone, which means I must give a piece to somebody that matters to me. And what's the, where did that come from? Where obviously I something see, inside of you? Yeah, so I mean, there's there's a the watch community is actually there, there's a lot of guys who buy and trade, and they're they're fickle or they change their mind very quickly. So they they they'll buy you know a five thousand dollar watch, they will buy a Panerai, and then they wear it for three months, and then the next thing you know they're selling it again for higher or for lower they just want to move it along so there's guys who just trade stuff and there's nothing nothing wrong with that at all but i never wanted to get into that rut um i i buy i try and have a more calculated when i buy stuff i'm more calculated about it i take a longer time to pick it out so when i do pick it out it means something to me and if, if i'm not liking it right now i put it on the winder and i just let it hang out and then i think gifting someone is a good way to move it along rather than just to sell it. Like, I don't want to have the... I mean, a lot of guys will, you know, get their collection and then they'll sell four or five of them to get the one piece, the grail piece they wanted, right? That's not. That's just not how I want to manage my collection because you can also get out of control and next thing you know, the guy's got like 50 watches and you got spent way too much money, right? So it's a good way to control your collection, and I think it's more meaningful because when you pass that watch down, then the watch continues with the person you've given it to. They're going to always remember it. It kind of extends the life. And I like to like I love my cars. It kills me. Like I have like a relationship with my cars. So even when I do sell them, which I need to do right when I sell it to somebody, it's like I'm letting something go that I love. And I would rather sell it to somebody where I can see it later. You know what I mean? This is like a subculture. So what what watches did you own, or did you admire? You did ask me that one. Or okay. did you admire and always want to own before you started your company? Um, so the watches in my collection they range from um, swatches, like you're saying. I've got some swatches that were the first uh, System Fifty One movement. I've got my grandfather's Timex, which uh, it's not a very expensive watch at all. It's a 
very economical. Probably, a, probably the most valuable watch in your collection. It's an elastic, you, right? yeah, and it's an elastic band. I mean, Love so those. it's yeah. yeah. So those. I mean, like, yeah. <clears throat> uh, it's fun. It's really cool. And then I've got um, I've got like an Omega um, Planet Ocean, which my wife had uh, gifted me for our anniversary. I got the Ball Engineer Two Hydrocarbon Diver, which is the first one I purchased. I got my the Seiko. I've still got that Citizen. That I mentioned earlier, I've got uh, a Rolex Daytona stainless steel, which I got at retail, which is me bragging basically that I bought it at retail, but I just happened to come across it at the right time and bought it so I could pass it down to my son, which is now like quadrupled in value. What year? Uh, 2016. Wait, back back up to the Citizen. You you noticed that on the boat and you didn't buy it then. Right. But you said you have it now. So when did you end up buying it? I got home and then found it basically searched around for a jewelry store that had it. I should have bought it when I was there. So so shortly after you saw it, you needed to have it. Yes, and that's where the the hook came. Yeah, right. I saw it right. and you just almost obsess about it. You can't stop thinking about it and you're like I got to figure out a way to get this thing. And what is it? A, a Seiko It's white? it's not even that special. It's just a, called a Citizen Pro Diver. Okay. And it's uh, and the loom face, which I've got one of my watches, which is I made that loom face because of that watch. It means the whole the whole thing glows in the dark, the entire face lights up. And this one was really cool. I don't die. I don't scuba dive. I don't. So so how long was it after you saw it that you ended up getting it? Like a month. Oh really? Yeah. You were passionate about it. I was ready, and I. I, The only reason I didn't get it sooner is because I kept searching. That's what started the whole thing. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So awesome. you mentioned uh, Rolex Daytona. Does the Daytona model change every year, or is it is it a model that stays the same? When I I know they race down there, and it's the Rolex series, and all the winners get a Rolex. So that's one thing that Rolex has done spectacularly well is they've created models, and they haven't really changed them. So you can get something from the '60s, which would basically almost look like what you have now in terms of a Submariner. So people it retains its value. It, it does such a great job retaining its value, <clears throat> so, and they're classic. I mean, they're 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 they've got their Submariners, they've got their Deep Seas, they've got the Daytonas. So the Daytona basically didn't change for so many years up until the last year when I purchased it, and then all they did was change the bezel on it and the material from steel to ceramic. Remember and, bezel or Bezos? Yeah, I, yeah. I did say you Bezos, looked a little per- perplexed. Well, I was I... confused for a second, but I said Bezos because he, he is he uh, he has done a good job for himself. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah so I mean, like, guys like Rolex, they don't change the and and here's what's hilarious about Rolex is they will change the color of the bezel, and suddenly the market is like, oh my god, look at this brand new watch, and they clamor for it. They increase the size of their watch by like one millimeter. It went from a forty to a forty-one, and granted, they've done some stuff internally with the with the movement, um, but people went nuts for it. Like, like that's a big announcement. Which is when you're at that level, that is spectacular. They can change the color of something, and that's an announcement. Well, we're hoping that happens to you someday. Yeah, maybe. I, I I go if you look at my stuff, it's a little more sportier, and it's a little more. Um, we push the design label a little bit a little bit further. So the, pronounce <clears throat> the name of your company because I've heard it pronounced. Fair and far, both work. So uh, What's the I, correct I, way. I've written it's 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 uh it's officially Fair and Swit because my middle name is Farrant. So we took the F A R R Fair from my middle name. Fair. The and is from Andy, uh, Andy Patel, who's a partner. He's a jewelry designer, and he's the, the plus sign. 
and then Zach Switalski is the other partner as well. So his last name Swit. Swit. So the Aaron cool Swit. And when we made this, I'll tell you, name generation for a company, it was oh my gosh, that is something very difficult. It is you know, all the stuff we've gone among through. the three of you, or was it difficult? Did you guys get into fisticuffs? <laughs> like what? What was difficult about that? What's difficult is coming up with a name that you know you're going to have to see. Every single day, all the time, and that's gonna like you can't change your brand name. When you come up with a brand, that's it. That's and it's got to set the tone. It's got to have a logo associated with it. So the brand is something that is extremely important. I mean, it's all. I mean, think about the Nike, right? Nike and the swoosh. Those two together. I'm thinking about the E Town Lowdown. E Town Lowdown. Yeah. And the water tower. Yeah. 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 That is powerful. Yeah. Yeah. What? What does it? Do you, do you get this little twitch every time somebody says far? Absolutely not. Fair? Because I, I I call it far and swift sometimes. If depending on who I'm talking with, I'm not gonna I don't want to get into this the whole name thing. So I may just say, Oh yeah, far and swift. It's and it's I mean it sounds just as cool. And my I purposefully did that because <laughs> in in the watch industry, there's plenty of names that and I actually have a book that goes through how to pronounce these different names. So you'll have like I was calling this thing uh, Jagger Lecult, but it's also actually pronounced Jagger Lecoulte. You know, then you've got uh, you've got Panerai, which I was calling Paneri for uh, you know six or eight months. So th- the pronunciation, I think, is really fun that you can see our name, and then the in guys, the guys who are in the hook, they know they call it fair and swift. So I mean, reviewers have who've even talked with me, put out their YouTube video and they go far and swift, and I'm cool with that. But the ones that call it fair and sweet, it's like they get a little bonus point because I'm like they just went an extra step into their research, they paid attention, and uh, I'm cool with either way. I'm absolutely so. Cool is with it. is fair and sweet your first entrepreneurial endeavor? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would say so. Yes, I mean I uh, the company that I work with with my dad, which is my day job, is we're basically just uh, uh, contractors for Biochemical and Dupont. It's real boring stuff. I don't want to get too much into it. Uh, but yeah, that's like a small business we got, but this is the first like one that I just went on and my own and funded and, and said, I'm going to go for it. And how did the three of you get together and decide to do this? And uh, was it originally the three of you or two of you and you brought a third guy in or how did that work? It was originally, uh, something I wanted to do and I wanted to do it with some people that I liked. So Zach's a watch fan. I pulled him in. Andy, uh, is a jewelry designer. He designed my wedding rings and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I said, Hey, you know, you and I, he and I had talked about some Kickstarter stuff a while back on to launch. And I'd said, I'm making a watch. I want you guys to come in and, uh, Hey, be a part of this. Come along for the ride. So, yeah, I came up with this idea. I, I wanted them to come and be a part of it. So maybe that's where I went wrong. You got to find people you like. When you yeah. Do something. Well, yes. And, um, over drinks. <laughs> yes. One of our, we actually met oh, oh, down, uh, if you go over in, uh, I think it's uh, Lombard over at Miller's Ale House. That's oh, where we sure. did our first, our first yeah. meeting in person. They used to have the like drawings. a menu that was the equivalent of the Cheesecake Factory. Oh, jeez. Pages and pages and pages. They just pared it down in case anybody cares. Yeah, that's a bad sign usually. That's like a Greek restaurant where you're like, right. why is there so many things <laughs> right. listed here? I just want you know, the eggs. You know there's lots of waste, right? <laughs> so, Rick, tell the truth. When you saw the name of his company the first time, did you immediately think Jamie Farr and Loretta Swit? Oh. Your generation usually does. No yeah, offense right, to anybody, right. but and no, I have no problem with none that. None taken. You know, Su- I, I suicide is that, but then he mentioned it. 
That shows up on the third painless, page. Right? By the third page of Google, maybe the second page, if you, you get through all my stuff, then it is fair and sweet. Clinger and hot lips. Yes. So you, you got this idea. How long did it take to get that first prototype in your oh, hands? Wow. Yeah. And how? tell us about the process of designing that prototype. So uh, the idea was right around 2018, and we started the company. So we incorporated um, LLC, actually. And then... Um, did the the idea generation for the dial, which our first one is like a it's a it's a it's pretty cool. It's got like a it's a seaplane, so it's got the the split dial. So we have like a textured wave on the bottom, and like a starry night, which is kind of hard to see. You really got to hold the watch and look at it. So we had done different iterations of that, kind of nailed it down to that dial and the colors that we wanted and the movement. Excuse me, and we realized. As watch guys, we know what the specs are. So we know we wanted Swiss movement. We wanted the high-grade steel. We wanted to do crystal bezel on the uh, uh, sapphire crystal on the bezel. We wanted to spend a bunch of money on the loom, which is the stuff that glows in the dark. Uh, so we knew what we wanted to do. Rate it for 100 meters, 330 feet. And then we, we kind of searched out different um, manufacturers and partners that could help us build this. We did uh, the prototypes. Got the prototypes. Liked it, didn't like the movement, didn't like the guys we were working with, scrapped it, went to a new place, and uh, wanted to keep stuff more local. So I worked with a, a group called the Wagman Watch Company, um, and they're over in Mentor, Ohio. So I've been making control all the QC, all the building, everything in-house in the United States, and that was kind of important. What part of Ohio is that in? Uh, Mentor, Ohio, kind of kind of near... Um, Cleveland. Yeah, Exactly. Suburban Cleveland. Wow, I, I told you Magellan is his nickname. I know. No joke. <laughs> I know stuff. What can I say? Magellan, my lord. I like that. It's <laughs> got a nice ring. The double M M&M and M over here. Yeah, there yeah. you go. So they they actually did the construction of the. Yeah. So most of what we do is the, the design work and specking everything, um, and then they help us get everything done for the most part. I, I can farm it. We looked at doing everything like individually and. By the time it all comes down to it, you know, you're just working with a multiple different group of people and different companies. And I want to bring it in. I want to have it uh, built. I want to have it specced. I want to have it quality controlled. I want to have it tested and water tested and everything and make sure it's timed and everything correctly uh, in the U.S. So if anything goes wrong, we can fix it. Didn't so, you mention your father earlier? So mm-hmm. where, where, where does he fall in all this? Uh, he's, uh, he's the one who uh, who's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> that so, was so the you, best answer ever. Yeah, I love that. But, like, but so not involved in the company or the. I mean, he. By the way, he, his dad, and my dad are both dads. Yeah. In case you're interested, it takes a man and a woman, and they make a baby, uh, and then that makes the father and the mother. But he was somewhere involved in the, like the. Like he was just his inspiration. He, he, he was no. He he hasn't. Uh, he is not involved in the watch company at all. Um, he wants to be. He's talked to me a couple of times about <laughs> trying to get in. in now. Yeah. 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 Okay. But uh, no, he's great. He's he's awesome. He's been he's probably he's bought the first one uh, as soon as I got it. You know, he insisted on on paying full price and, and That's everything. That's awesome. So yeah, he's been a spectacular supporter for me. So about how long between the time you guys shook hands and said we're doing this till you had that prototype in your hand? So there was a lot that went on. Yeah, prototype you. was maybe about a year, maybe okay. a little less, maybe I'd say ten months. In the design process, you said the the guy that's the and is kind of the Andy, yeah. The nuts and bolts of the design. He's thing? got. He does all the CAD work, so he's really he's, he's the artist. So we'll throw the, on the concepts, and then he came up with the stars, and then we kind of moved the stars to a different location. Um, 
and then he'll do it in CAD, and then we'll bring it over to um, our guys over in Mentor, and then we'll kind of mock the whole thing up. Full. So that length. that design process was that was that like uh, six hours <clears throat> with the three of you, <laughs> or was it like no. sixty days or six months? Were you guys arguing? Uh, so it can all it can all. Uh, that one, I'm trying to think how fast. That one went kind of quick because I think we just we were we were we were focused and we wanted to really get it done. And I had the we had the initial stuff. We had the name of it, which is I think a name is 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 pretty powerful. So we already had the seaplane name. We had the idea of the of the um, the waves uh, halfway somewhere in there. We had the idea of the star. We had the idea of the the seaplane icon on there. That maybe took us maybe two months. But that's I mean that's like obsessing two months. Um, to the point where like I, I'd stay up at night and I'd have like a thought and I'd go down and sketch it. So it's, it's, um, ideas and creative is very strange because you can work hard at it and get nowhere. You know, that's why I, I learned that from the advertising industry is, you know, the creatives, they got to basically just do until something hits. And then when it hits, you just boom, close the door, leave me alone. And I'm working on it. And so when you got to the final design of the first watch, yes. Did you guys all have this feeling like we got it, or was it like oh? No, no, no. That first one came out. So the first one came out. Like which, I said, which one is the first one? The the one you were just looking at, this which one? is yes, the seaplane. So what's uh, funny do you is you like that one. I do. I'm, so I'm willing to buy it. My goodness, we'll have to figure this out. Well, that uh, that's going to be a premium. That one's that you one's don't even sold have out. those anymore, yeah, right? That's that's one of the last one I got there. What's it called? That's called the Seaplane Automatic, I, I, the day trip. So when I learned about you, I looked on the website, and that was the first. That was the it stuck out to me. So, but PK it was, is but, a day tripper, so uh, that seems to be like a perfect fit. But it was all sold out. So what's how, uh, what was so the retail did, on that? That one's six fifty. Six fifty sold. So, so how did you decide seven, how many seven fifty fair? Uh, well, we kind of decided that uh, we wanted to limit it, so five hundred we could do two fifty of each model. And then the so the 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 other one the sister to that one, brother this, I guess, and it's not there. It's oh. basically an all black version. So oh, right. it's PVD coated and it's called I the Midnight that. Landing. That was the initial way we wanted to go. All black watch, PVD coated, and that one PVD. Yeah, so it, it's um What's it's PVD? basically like um, I'm trying to think of the actual. <laughs> I'm used to referring to the acronym so much. Uh, it's it's basically like it a, a uh, it's a type it's like of a diamond material? diamond coating yeah so it's, gotcha. it, it coats it with uh, all black it basically blacks out the steel okay so we knew we wanted to do an all black watch and they did that version kind of as an accident so describe the one you're looking at PK it's not all black there's some blue no that there. one's all that one's all stainless steel brushed right it is and it I mean let's I mean to compare it to a uh, uh, like it's like a Rolex. Um, it's a diver model, so yeah. we tried to keep the case and the feel familiar, but then have a unique enough dial. Right, because it's got a like a blue accent, mm-hmm. and uh, it's got a uh, I don't know what, what do you call this band? It's a it, that one's called like a sailcloth style strap. Yeah. Sailcloth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so pretty durable. Sailcloth? Yeah, that one's that one's awesome because it's a, it's a rubber coated leather. Um, and then we put the deployment clasp on it, so you can you can. I'll show you on mine. You can if you're deployed in yeah, you take, Iraq. You, you just take it like, so it, you basically just put it on like this, and then snap it on instead of having to do the. So tangle. he's got like the full loop where he's not. Yeah, he's not passing the one side through the buckle on the you other side. You don't have to stick the like pin in the hole. Right, it's not go. like a belt buckle. Yeah. You, you see, Rick, PVD <clears throat> is a physical vapor deposition. 
Yeah. And okay. what that means, it's like I'm, a, a I'm thin, sorry, I a thin no. film coating <laughs> where a solid material is vaporized in a vacuum chamber. Is that what you're talking about? And then it gets deposited so. onto a target material. Malor and I were talking about this earlier, so he he knows. I mean, yeah. he, he's See, actually been I'm, I'm more this. of a technical guy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I thought you were just Magellan. I didn't know you well, were you like know. a materials engineer. Too. As we, the as we M, say, materials Magellan. Why don't we just Malor. call? Him, why don't we just call him Google? As we say back in my homeland, I know a thing in or blue? two about a thing or two. So, Adam, <laughs> you mentioned about a year from handshake to prototype. Yeah. How much longer before you had inventory to sell after that That was prototype? maybe about eight months because I pulled the trigger. We just said, I'm doing it. And we pulled the trigger, and it takes about eight months at that time to make a watch because I had already done all the uh, – I had everything ready. I had all the specs ready, all the drawings done. So they were just like go to market. And you guys said make X amount. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they sold out – Relatively quick. Uh, f- f- I mean, it was a little, you know, you get when that. I when mean, because I can't even buy one right now. Right, right. So they came out in 2019. So they took about a year to move that quantity. And during that, we launched the other model. And then what's funny is when the quantity started getting low, I actually like put it out of stock uh, when I still had like maybe 10 or 15 left. Yeah. And when they went out of stock, that's when I started getting more phone calls. <laughs> so it was like when it wasn't available, all of a sudden everybody wanted it right away. Uh, and what's what's different? What's unique about a fair and sweet watch? Why do you keep saying sweet? Fair well, and I'm sweet. trying to. You, you said it's fair, not far. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There we it, go. It's the sweet part Try, you're messing yes. up. <laughs> so what's different about us is I'm um, not going to stop either. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're you, you're you're used to people messing up your name, but we're it's gonna, not a problem. We're going to mess up. The what's sweet. his name? Swit was Switalski. Switalski. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, love I mean, is like okay. <laughs> Malort, love is like oxygen. Sweet was like his favorite seventies band. That's yes, all there I'm you saying. go. Okay, <laughs> ballroom right. blitz. Yes, there you go. That was sweet. a good hit. I remember that from. <laughs> yeah, Wayne's that World. was sweet. Yeah. So Adam, well, if I, if it I was may... actually Tia Carrera and <laughs> yes. Wayne's World. Well, correct. Crucial, really sweet. Cr- crucial taunt. Not sweet, but sweet. There we are. So here's my like. You know, my mind goes to the advertising side of you as you're producing this you know, pilot watch and, and you got the initiative going. So in your head, are you starting to think about like price point and how to market and demographics and where, you know, who's interested in this watch or, or do you even care about it? No, you absolutely have to care. I mean, uh, I mean, this is a passion project, but I don't want it to fall flat on its face. So sure. I have to pay attention to, um, yeah, price point and everything. And what's, and what's fun is I came up with it and I was I was spinning off. I was like, you know what? I I'm, I don't like watch boxes because watch boxes, they're high cost. You get this big fancy box and I got a closet full of them. You basically just keep it because if you ever want to resell it or give it to somebody, then it helps keep retain the value. So one of the things we did was we said, you know what? We're going to get a watch box that nobody has. Nobody's got this. So we got a dry bag. It's a five liter dry bag that you roll up. So when like you get, you're canoeing and you fall in, and you got the dry bag with your absolutely your phone and your love stuff in it. Yes, really? and on the flip side, you guys, I think PK would like this. You can take it, fill it with ice and uh, bourbon, you know, beverages, <laughs> and then and then bring it with you. And it's it's not going to drip water all over the place. You basically got a little cooler there, right? So you can yeah. take your watch so it's, a, it's called a dry bag or wet bag, whichever way you want to do. I'm waiting is that, for that like one. a Modown question? Wet bag or dry bag? Yeah. I'm waiting for PK to pick up something with the wet bag. That oh, sounds, yeah, that no, sounds like a, right. a dry bag. Uh, I'm, ser- I'm serving it. I'm setting yeah, it for yeah, him. He's just not hitting a, it. Put He's that on the tea for you, PK. Is Come a dry, on. Bag, uh, dry cool. bag's branded, I assume? 
Oh yeah, it's got the fair and, fair and sweet, sweet on it. So yeah. yeah. And I bring it to the pool, so my son's cra- uh, hilarious because he cracks me up when I'm carrying it to the pool. He'll be like, "Dad, you you want to flip it around so everyone can see the brand?" I'm like, oh, dude, wow. you are good. Good That's training. Awesome. That is oh, good holy training. Yeah, you. He's he's wow. seven coming on eight. Smart. Holy Smart cow. Boy. Yeah, Dad, make sure people can see that because otherwise they're not going to know about your brand. Because otherwise you're not going to have money for college. Your yeah. son's your son's the guy that's going <laughs> to take this globally yes, and just yeah. it's going to take off. I can see so it to answer your yes, we thought we had to make sure I kept the price point. And the price point. So with that watch, um, I knew I wanted to get the 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 expensive Swiss movement right. I wanted to use the sapphire crystal on the bezel, the sapphire crystal. And again, I don't want to bore everybody who's listening. No, uh, on no, the back. That, that's not boring at all. It's fascinating. So the yeah. back. <laughs> No, it really is. No, really. <laughs> so the so the back, I wanted to be a transparent exhibition case back, so people could see the actual movement moving. We case you wear it backwards. Clutch. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but I make a watch that I want you to take off and hand to somebody. Nice. So that's the details. I I want to go that deep where someone says, "Hey, that's a cool watch," and you take it off and you say, "Hey, a guy in Elmhurst made this. I know the guy. I want to hand this." Here to you somebody. go. So yeah. you you mentioned Loom. Yes. Tell us about that. How it's uh, where does it come from? If you know, I don't. You're like, going it, deep. Uh, in no, the I don't. Yeah. I don't know the no. answer. Did you see loom, loom. That so tell us what the loom, loom paint. is. And then, so loom is the loom paint that glows in the dark. And does oh. it last forever? Or no, no. It absorbs the light. It basically, takes in, in the the best light is your is your uh, solar power. So you take in the solar light, and that's the most strongest one. Uh, and you solar, retain is it. That, is that Native American for sun? Yes, exactly. Yes. And I'm saying that because we're going to make a solar-powered watch here. It comes from Lumo. Seriously. Are yes. you serious? Yes. That's, That's awesome. Yeah, it's a solar-powered chronograph, which is going to comes be really comes from cool. Lumo, Lumari, Lumavi, Lumatus, which is Latin, Latin. for light. Veni, Vidi, Vicky. Yeah. Yeah. Miliwake, which is the... Yes. <laughs> Mr. Alice Cooper. Yes. <laughs> Can you tell us that's about the that second else? Wayne's World I've thrown? I'm back. like, that's a lot of Wayne's World. Holy cow, that's night, two. Man. I love it. <laughs> that's two. So, uh, yeah. So the loom. One of the things that I like about watches is guys that use high quality, high powered loom, which means it'll glow in the dark. And I think that's just a fun, novel thing about it is the way it lights up. So you walk out like th- these watches. My watches. You walk in from the from the outside, and if you come into a shaded area, they're gonna basically glow. I had somebody tell me. Uh, my brother-in-law said he went to the movies and the guy behind him in the theater uh, actually tapped him when the movie was done and said, hey, what watch were you wearing? Because when you come came in, it's been glowing the whole time. Uh, so it's something that I love and actually our Wayfinder model, uh, I made it the whole thing glow. And not only did I make it glow, but we used four different types of paint, which is kind of unique out in the market. Four different types. You mean four different colors? Yeah, or? four different colors of paint. So it I was like, you got an eggshell and a flat and a semi-gloss? Or? <laughs> so Adam's four. handing PK a flashlight right now. I'm handing right PK now. a UV light so he can actually charge Whoa. up. Yeah, so PK the- is charging up the watch. Booyah, we have light. Yeah, so our watches are actually, this is one of the things that people love about our watches is that we we really douse them with expensive, high-quality loom so it lights up. How long will that last? In other words, if uh, somebody owns that for 20 years, is it still going to light up after Yeah, yeah, the, the paint still works. So the difference, there's different types of, of glow out there. There's these kinds that use tritium tubes, which is kind of a, a, a radioactive gas. Those will actually glow all the time. But then within 10 to 15 years, they'll stop working. This stuff will last forever. I mean, if you have an old Rolex, the 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 loom paint that used back in, like let's say, the 60s or something, it'll start to wear down. And you can get things re-loomed. 
Um, but for the most part, yeah, you're not going to have a problem with that for 10 to 15 years. It's not going to lose anything. And what we've done with ours to keep it longer, we put it underneath the glass. So we took the bezel on this one and instead of just painting it on Which top. Which one do you have on right now that you're... I've got the Seaplane Special Edition. So the Seaplane does the same thing. So the Seaplane on the bezel, which is the thing that spins around, we we painted it and then we covered it with sapphire crystal so that the paint is never chipped away, right? It still remains in its spot. And everything else is beneath the glass. Usually uh, on the Wayfinder ones, the ones that do glow in the dark, the, the bezel is made of steel and then there's paint on there. So eventually the paint will wear off. Uh, I mean, long time down the road, but that's kind of the when we came out with this, we wanted to protect everything. Wow. Guests of the Lowdown will receive an Elmhurst E-Town Lowdown coffee mug suitable for all types of beverages, courtesy of the Elmhurst Armpit Orchestra. Bet my money on a Bob Dale nag. The staff and management of the E-Town Lowdown would like to assure our more sensitive listeners that our food critic Sal is really half Italian. His mother is from Poland, and his father is from the great country of Italy. We hope you will enjoy and not be offended. Hey friends, Slappy Sal here for Eat Town Lowdown, here to tell you about a new place to eat in Eat Town. It's called Primos Locos, or Cugini Pazzi, for all you Italians out there, or uh, Crazy Cousins if you speak British. So Primos Locos opens up in the old McNally's location on York Road, just down the street from the tracks near downtown. So in honor of their name, I grabbed my two craziest cousins, Big Head Mike and Jimmy the Fish, and we headed over there to try it out. Instead of ordering separately, we just got a table full of tacos and we split them all up. You know what I mean? We had carne asada, al pastor, you know, pork shoulder, and chicken, and then we had to get fish for Cousin Jimmy. And you know what? They were all good. The people behind us looked like they ordered up some enchiladas and some fajitas, but I couldn't see on account of Mike's big head getting in my way. But it all smelled fantastic. The other thing about Primo's Locos is the drinks. Good quality tequila put in handcrafted cocktails like margaritas. And they also got Mexican craft beers on draft from a brewery in Chicago called uh, Hasa Humilde, or Humble House. Two brothers started it out in the Hermosa neighborhood. Great beers, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So me and my Cugini sat around, ate some tacos, had some drinks. It was a good time. Legit, authentic food and nice environment. After we're done, me, Big Head Mike, and Jimmy the Fish argued about how to say Uber in Spanish. But ultimately, the driver came and took us back to the old neighborhood. So in summary, Primos Locos gets the Cugini seal of approval. Go enjoy some chips and guac, have a drink, and relax. Remember what Mark Twain once said. Part of the secret of success in life is to eat what you like and let the food fight it out on the inside. This is Slappy Sal reporting for the Eat Town Lowdown. Hello, Pete Kruger here from the Elmhurst Independent Newspaper. When I want a good laugh, I listen to Eat Town Lowdown. Even though Rick, Robbie, and PK podcast from a hot tub, they're three cool dudes. So you've got basically currently two different movements. And the solar will be one of those two movements, also, right? We've got a, we've got um, we've got a total more of than three right now. So we've got three well, different four, movements. Four, yes. So four. The seaplane, the original, the seaplane automatic, the day trip, and the midnight landing have a Salita SW two hundred one. Again, boring the group. Uh, it's just a Swiss <laughs> automatic. It's a good Swiss automatic. 
the seaplane limited edition there's only a hundred of them they're numbered and uh that one's got what's called an eta movement in it again it's made in switzerland that one comes from the omega group uh our wayfinder we've got a fun one which is a quartz movement but quartz as you guys usually are used to it ticks right Right, so our right. quartz is a Seiko sweeping quartz, so it ticks four times for each one. So it gives the appearance of an automatic, because an automatic sweeps. It's called the sweeping second. So that means the second hand, if you look at an automatic watch, it just... It, it, so that's it more moves. like a Rolex you're talking about. Yes. Continuous movement. Exactly. And you're on, Yeah, exactly. Self-winding. So the, um, the Wayfinder, the VH31, it doesn't wind itself. It's run by a battery, but it has the appearance of a sweeping quartz. Got it. And then we've got a uh, the Wayfinder with it, which is the blue one. That one's got a uh, just kind of this more of an economical one. It's got a, a Japanese a Seiko automatic movement. It's this one. Yes. So that one, that one's automatic. So basically, we've got all automatics. We've got our high end Swiss, Eta, our Salida, our NH35, our Japanese automatic, and then our uh, quartz uh, sweeping sweeping quartz and then we're going to make a solar mecha quartz <clears throat> again i'm going really deep for you guys the solar powered one which is usually has a tick has a tick on the seconds but when you do the stopwatch the stopwatch sweeps so again small stuff that watch community tends to gravitate towards and i personally love because this solar movement that we're going to come out with nobody's using it i found it and nobody that i know of is using it do they all come with the little flashlight you can keep that flashlight if you want it, PK. Do they actually seriously? Do they? Um, are, are there like watch conventions? There got to be like. A oh whole, yeah, it's there's a cult, right? Yeah, there's. I mean, yeah. the forums galore. There's YouTube channels galore. Did you know all that? Didn't yeah, you? I mean, I was. That's why I was already deep into it when I started oh, okay. getting into yeah. it. Um, yeah. When I started deciding I wanted to make my own watch, and then there's watch shows. Watch Time Magazine says has one. New York so you has got this sucked one. into it. Yes. And you're all in and doing awesome. So being a, being a marketing guy, do you have a pretty good feel for how most of your sales have been driven so far, like percentage-wise? Yeah. So the the ones that sell the best are the quartz models, the one with the glow-in-the-dark dial because it's it's more affordable. It's, uh, it's more novel because it has that glow, and the reviewers go crazy for it. I mean, the, nobody can beat me on Loom. That one... I, they have loom challenges where they light, they Wait, cover this up. one. That's the that's the one that's our bestseller, which yeah. is one of your less expensive ones. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Wow. And I think I think that's the thing is uh, being a small brand. Sometimes it's hard. It, people hesitate when you, when you're spending over five hundred dollars on a watch, unless you're in the watch community and you're comfortable with it and you understand the value that you're getting. Because I mean, my five hundred dollar or my six hundred fifty dollar watch is like easily a fifteen hundred dollar watch, easily. Comparable to a fifteen hundred dollar watch, if it if not better, in terms of specs, but the three hundred dollar watch, you know, it's something you can pull a trigger on. People will, will boom. Um, I like this watch. This looks cool. It glows in the dark. It's awesome, and I can just grab it right now. So that's been our our best mover in terms. So yeah, I mean, marketing wise, I I is realize it is, it is it social media or is it yeah. What's funny is because I when when you and I met. I said I knew that uh, you and I serve on the Economic Development Commission here in Elmhurst together, and I said I knew one of the new guys was the watch guy. Are you the watch guy? Yeah. And you said, Yeah, I'm the watch guy. And I said, I've seen your watches in my social media feeds. So yes. I, I found yes. that awesome. And I 
So the minute I saw it, I'm like, what the heck? And I start checking it out. It's like, Elmhurst, wow, that's cool. Yeah, so uh, I, I place my ads digitally. So if you've ever come to my website or looked at anything close to mine, we'll show up in your Instagram, in your Facebook, uh, wherever wherever we can get the placements at for the most part. But yeah, what's funny is Instagram, I I was really reluctant because I just didn't want to do it. It was annoying. I'd have to post every day. But that has been our biggest interactive um, meet, uh, uh, medium, I guess, is is I can post stuff and people will follow it and they'll comment and I can reply to them and they'll send messages. And from there, people who are reviewers will find me and then I'll send them the watch and then they'll do their YouTube thing. So Instagram... Well, it does take me time to step away, and I'm not just having it automated or having some kid do it. I'm doing it myself, and I think it's proven to be valuable because I'm actually involved, and people know that they're talking to me. That's one of the things that I think is awesome, and I try and tell people, is like, look, you know, we're a small company, so you can't talk to the president of Seiko. Your Seiko breaks, great, you're going to send it to their service center. You have any issue with my watches, you check out my reviews on Google, any issue. I will make you happy. I want my customers happy. I want them coming back for another watch. I want them talking about my watches. I want them telling people that they met me or that they've worked with me and that I'm I'm there for them. So service is like one of our top things. We build a high-quality watch. We're going to back it with impeccable service, and we're going to help give back to our community. That's basically our pillars. So um, help me a little bit with the delivery channels. How do you get your watch? Can I go to Oak Brook and find it? Can I go to City Center? And We've got a couple. Find um, it at a retailer? Yeah, or? so a retailer's retail's tough because when sure. I sell to a retailer, our margins are really small. So, um, yeah, you, we've got a couple jewelry stores. We've got Dalzell Jewelry up in Crystal Lake. Uh, we've got Model for Men, the men's store over in uh, Geneva. we got some of our apparel with um, Maxine downtown. Um, I'm looking at, at getting a couple more watches locally. Um, just but, so people. But if t- you're sold out online, can you buy it at one of your stores if they happen to have them? No, because you know what happens. Somebody calls me and says I want that day trip, and I go, okay, I got one at a retailer, and I show up at their place and I say, hey. So you, uh, yeah, take it back. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So, any thoughts about going on like Shark Tank? Uh, you know what's funny is Kevin O'Leary is a huge watch fan, and right. that's, why, that's why I asked. Yeah. Um, I. The thing that they buy right is IP. Yeah, right. What the IP that I bring is me and the stuff and the passion I have and the designs that we have. So there's I mean like anybody can go make a watch. I mean, if Kevin O'Leary wanted to go make a watch, he'd go buy whatever he wanted and and have somebody make up a similar watch. The thing that we have is I tell people is our passion and our feeling is in our pieces. I mean, they're unique. And we're the the ones we're coming out with, I feel like we're pushing it even further. We're gonna have some wacky stuff come out that you're not gonna you're gonna be like, nobody's got this. And then we've got other watches that come out which you're gonna be like, wow, this is a really classic look, but there's something about it. Small on the dial, like our our, our seaplane has the stars and the and the um and the waves and our our limited edition has this crazy gray gradient and our wayfinder has the full glowing four paint loom. So there's something unique about it. So yeah, Shark Tank would have to buy me. No, they're buying American made innovation though. Yeah, I mean like my movements are all coming from Switzerland, Japan, uh sure. So so for Shark Tank, I'd really they'd have to Kevin O'Leary and he'd be the one that I'd target because he cares. Yeah. He'd be he'd have to want to buy and work with me. 
So you have all different types of watch bands. Yes. What? Tell me about those and what the advantages of this one or that one are and why you might want this watch band over another watch band. And what's the durability? Because I find out a lot of times you buy an inexpensive watch, which yours are somewhere in between. They're not a Rolex. They're not a Timex. They're they're pretty nice watches. How long are those bands going to last? Uh, so most bands, unless they're uh, like the stainless steel that come uh, integrated into them, are gonna they're gonna wear. So we've got um, we sell the seaplane automatic on our own uh, sailcloth style, which is kind of like a, a textured. It feels like a a crisscross pattern with a stitch. So that'll probably last you a year, year and a half, two years maybe, and you'll want to get a new one again. Repeat buyers come to me, send me a message. I always hit them back up with a great deal to, to, to replenish any bands that anybody's ever had. Um, you've got your FKM rubbers, which is this one, which is cool about this is this is a flooring rubber. So it, it, it's, it's durable like a silicone, right? But it doesn't attract uh, dust. So you'll find silicone bands out there, which are awesome, but they're going to have lint all over them. They're going to continue to pick up lint, which bothers the heck out of me. So these ones are like lint-free. They're durable. They're not going to break. I mean, you really got to push these hard. I would say these things are like easily a five-year, if not more, band. Um, then we've got our handmade Horween leather. So there's a guy named Greg out in Batavia who is a surgeon. And he pulls in Horween, which is the leather from, from, from Chicago, which is tip-top, top-notch leather. And he hand sews and hand makes our leather straps. I got one in here that's a uh, uh, a brown Dublin. Yeah, I don't want to. You're telling me you got a doctor in Batavia who hand sews watch bands for you? It, well, you, that's you know, amazing. You're gonna sew one sort of uh, hide or another, right? As a doctor? Yeah. So those surgeon? are those ones aren't cheap. I mean, those ones are probably about uh, seventy to eighty bucks a piece. Um, but those will last a long time. And again, that that's leather that requires just leather care. Sure. You know? um, I'm trying to think what other ones we got. What's, we got NATO straps. a long straps. time? A couple of years will last? No, no. I mean, a leather band will last you forever. You just got to take care of it. It's like a leather pair of shoes, right? It's, I mean, it's not going to last you, you know, 20 years. But yeah, as long as you take care of it, if you're going to whack. I mean, these are like, it's high grade leather. People make wallets, belts, purses. It's out a of good it. looking watch right here. Black, black leather with the that one is a nice yeah it's a nice yeah. look. What do you what do you you still you still liking that aren't you? Yeah. So that one since it's sold out I can sell it to you for only a hundred bucks over over a list. Whoa, which is what that's that seems like 50. a little low for me. <laughs> I think you gotta how much jack them up a little bit. So the 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 seaplane automatics are six fifty. That's the one that's sold out, right? It's it's you you're holding right there some history with buddy. this with this uh, sur- surgical uh, made surgically stitched and yeah. crafted. And you got to understand, PK and Rick are uh, highly involved in Elmhurst Hospital and the affairs of our local we like medical we establishment. like doctors so, making yeah, watches. They're predisposed to like the surgically like created awesome. band. Greg's gonna be pumped when I tell him this to listen to this. It's a true story. Greg Spitz, too. I'm giving you a shout out right now, buddy. Is that Greg Sweet? Greg. <laughs> No, his name's Greg Spitz. <laughs> Greg Spitz, Just lead checking. singer of Sweets. <laughs> well, but really... yeah, we've also got these military style ones. I got one that's made out of elastic, which is uh, usually you'll find those in what's called a, a parachute style. So the, I think it's the glow in the dark one has an elastic, or is it maybe the blue one? One of them has a has an elastic on it. Which one's mm-hmm. the elastic? 
Uh, stretchy. You know elastic? We know what that means? Yeah, which one though? <laughs> Talk slower. Pull he pull went him. to York. Pull him. PK. PK, go, go, go like two back. Oh, there it is right there. That's the elastic? Is that elastic? Yeah. Oh, it is. So it's like, it's, wow, called, like, it's yeah. called like a parachute uh, a parachute yeah. strap. So that one's kind of cool. That one wears probably in a year easy. Those ones those ones are going to get wear. And then I've got this really cool seatbelt. I don't think I brought one, but a seatbelt one that's made out of like seatbelt material. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So And those come in gray, blue, black. Does it come with an extender like an airplane seatbelt? <laughs> I want to get that little buckle. That's what oh, I want, the little seatbelt buckle. So are they pretty now. easy to replace oh, uh, yeah. yourself? Most of my stuff is uh, swappable. Either with some of them, if you flip over, they may have a quick a quick release. So you can use your thumb. A lot of our leather ones are. Uh, otherwise, I send a tool and I'll walk anybody through. I actually had a guy come meet me at the Elmhurst Library, and I helped him change stuff and gave him a tool and showed him how to do everything. You didn't go to your shop? You have a, a place right here in Elmhurst, right? What's funny is people, you know how many people have called me and they're driving around in the parking lot looking for it? And I'm like, oh, guys, I'm sorry. That's just a UPS uh, store. Well, there was construction, <laughs> there, was construction there, right? No, I, I, I work out of my, everything is virtual. Every, I work out of my house, and I, uh, I have a, a UPS box so people don't show up at my house. Um, good move. But I don't know. I mean, there's a, maybe I'll do a pop up oh, shop one of these times. Wait, I th- actually thought you had a, a, a retail space. No, the overhead on that is we asked quite about expensive. that earlier. If you were following us, about his retail. You know, I was so enthralled with the watch. I was trying to figure out which one I wanted <laughs> He's to buy. Over there drooling. I yeah. I jack up the price. There's him. four of them right here, and I'm like, which one? Two for one. I, how do you how do you decide on just one? So Adam, you were you were talking a little bit. Um, since we're talking about Elmhurst now, you, you mentioned the pillars of your your company, and you mentioned giving back to the community. Yes, tell us a little bit about what's on your mind with stuff like that. So when we started the uh, when we started the company, I said uh, we've got to we've got to integrate this right off the bat because if you it's it's easy to try and oh we'll work it in later. So it's like even when we're not making a lot of money, when we're barely making money, we've got to have uh, we've got to have some that that's dedicated to going to either local food banks or like I say, a lot of do stuff. I do a lot of stuff with Chicago Cubs charities because um, I had met uh, Alicia Gonzalez through Chicago Run, and I like the organization and everything that they have in there. So donate whatever we can if it's product, if it's money, if it's time. Um, I like to give again. I'm a Cubs fan, so I'm sorry for you guys. Nobody's, nobody's, perf- oh. nobody's perfect. Um, if you like minor league baseball, that's on you. <laughs> but yeah, the Northern Illinois Food Bank—they're they're a great organization. Sure and are. when I started doing our T-shirts, uh, I was like, you know what? Uh, we don't really even. I just want. I'm just happy people are wearing the T-shirts. So whatever money we make, we're just going to give to them. So that's when awesome. I when I started launching the T-shirts, we did like a, a big splash. Look, whatever you buy, we're giving we're giving half the money to them. So. We basically just made enough money so we'd make more T-shirts. And NI Food Bank in Geneva, just so for the listening audience, is the food bank that supports our local Elmer Shortfield Food Pantry right here in town. Excellent. So thanks for doing that. Supply chain bothering your business at all? Your passion project? Was, was, I wish I had more stock. Um, and it's going to take me probably six months to get my new models, which I'm working on. So, yeah. I mean, yes, of course. How about smartwatches? How does that affect your passion for watches, your your demographic that's willing to buy a watch? Does that does that affect people? Like, I, I need to have my fitness, my smartwatch on. I really have no interest in. We kind of talked about that. Yeah, earlier, yeah. So, that- so I think there's a time and place for all watches, and I think um, like 
like the iWatch, you know, the, all the smart watches. If they get somebody putting something that keeps time on their wrist, I'm for it because we're going in the right direction, right? We're getting back to actually wearing a timepiece on your wall, on your wrist. Now, the distraction that comes with it, and I, I was big. I was an early adopter to the fitness trackers. I had this jawbone, gosh, I don't remember what it was called. It was this jawbone thing that went around, and I tracked my my food, my my steps. You know what? It was so goddamn consistent. I just stopped. <laughs> I, I don't need to. I mean, it was the, 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 I do. Right. I do what I do, and there's right. nothing else. I don't need it Did to it drive buzz. Drive you crazy? Yeah, I don't yeah. need it to buzz to tell me to to stand up. I know yeah. when I'm going to stand up. Yeah. You know. Uh, so. So it told you you had a good night's sleep, or you didn't. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I was even tracking food when I first got this. Come yeah. on. I mean, if if someone wants to make a lifestyle change, it is powerful. It's a great tool. I didn't need to do that. I eat the same boring garbage every day, and I do the same stuff. And I have my 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 uh, my routines for you know athletics and that kind of stuff. So I just didn't need it. So there was a time and place for the smartwatch. The example that Zach has given me is he sat down on a plane after a long day. He got a bourbon. He had gotten upgraded for first class. He was sitting there. He was just relaxing, and his fucking watch. There's one you can beat for me buzzed and told him it was time to stand up no and at that point he says no. really yeah he says <laughs> you know what um i shouldn't be wearing you right now so yeah they're they've got a time and a spot but i see more people with smart watches uh getting distracted because it buzzes because it tells them they got something and they'll, oh, you need to do for me like remember when the when the blackberries came out and they would buzz every time you got an email that was horrible that was yeah. absolutely ho- email was designed to be Go there, and I'm going to get to you when I get there. All right? That's my mailbox. You send it there, and when I get there to read my mail, I'll I'll reply to you. And it turned into... Amen, brother. Yeah. Boom. Call me now. Call me now. I got to pay attention. So it was just... uh, It's so distracting, and the buzzing to make you stand up, and the... I mean, there's just there's countless things that, that, that with a smartwatch where it's almost too much. I mean, and, and the funny thing, when you got to charge your watch, you got to bring a charger when you go on a trip, you go on a vacation, you got to bring a charger right. for your watch. Come on. So outside of the nasty rash you're going to get from being in this hot tub water that yeah. hasn't been changed uh, You guys didn't four change years. this. Yeah, I mean, you, the last guest, Whoa. how long ago was he? We, I don't like think it's here? fermented. There Did are, you get this there are, there are like budget cuts again. There are like 70,000 gallons of water right below us. In the water tower, but there's no good way to get it out of there up here. So, um, outside of that experience here tonight, yes, have you had any fun media experiences uh, where you've been interviewed by some interesting people? Uh, I got, I had an interview uh, with the, uh, the the this guy Ariel Adams who did a blog to watch. I did an interview with him, so we kind of got to dive into watch nerd stuff as well. Um, I've had a couple the the YouTube guys and the Instagram guys. If anybody asks me for an interview, I'm usually open to it. So I, uh, I'm just why you're here. Why you said yes? No, I think it's fun. I mean, as as, I mean, I like chatting and getting to know people. So I mean, it's a it's a usually a good time to to have a conversation. It's usually a lot harder to get somebody on our show, but so catch catch us up a little. (laughs) I was asking, I was begging, and he's like, "You the watch guys? Like, hey, can I be on your podcast (laughs) immediately? You know?" And I said. You said, give me a, yes. hold on a second here. <laughs> yes. So tell us a little bit about yourself now. What do you do for fun? What are your hobbies outside of your watch company? What do you, what do you do to have fun? So I've got a, I got a family of, uh, I got a six year old, a seven year old, and I got one on the way coming in September. Uh, they occupy a lot of my time. They are a joy. 
they are a challenge at times. Um, coach their soccer for both of them. Um, Where do they go to school? They go to school at Jefferson. So it's fun. We kind of walk under the train. And actually, when that train you know, is going over it, I think that mm-hmm. is the coolest thing. I got my kids to be like, hey, Dad, the train's going. Let's go. Let's run underneath it. Nice. How close? I mean, that's like as close as you can get to a train, I think. Right. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's no yellow line that tells you to step back. You just right. get right underneath there. There's a train right over your head. And you, uh, you mentioned you coach the kids? Yeah. So I coach the AYSO teams. Uh, which is kind of fun. I, I always, I think I told you guys earlier, just hurting cats. You know, you're basically <laughs> just trying to keep the kids entertained and focused and have fun. I mean, my, my daughter and son both appreciate it, so it, that makes it joyful for me. Uh, and I love the sport of soccer, so if I can pass that along to other people as well. Um, trying to think of other hobbies, I collect comic books. Really? Uh, I continue to collect them. Yeah, I got my boys over at Gem Comics in Elmhurst. I got to stop by there. Good plug once, for them. Yeah, usually once a month they get my pull list and I show up and drop some cash. So with do them. you put your comic books in plastic bags and then in boxes so they don't bend? <laughs> are you that nerdy? Tell me you are. That's not, Please not, tell me you are. That's not nerdy. That's, that's smart. just good business. Yeah, I use, I like to get them. So I actually asked Gem, uh, I asked Chris over there, I want them bagged because he would give them to me loose and i was like uh i'll pay whatever you guys want just bag them and board them for me so i can take them and then I, and so i have a library basically it's a big ikea library i pieced it together with a bunch of different whatever they're called the calyx or something the whole <laughs> bottom row is all bins and i had it structured so that i can i can put my comics in there because i have my comics from when i was you know like i worked at a comic shop i didn't even we didn't even touch on that i worked at a comic oh. shop you know how i got paid in comic books? In store credit. Heck yeah. I got paid $3 an hour in store credit, and I was 14 wow. years old. Wow. I hesitate to say this because Rick's going to yell at me for injecting too much, but no. uh, I did the same thing growing up at a baseball card shop. Oh. Yeah, every Saturday paid and back. that's how you got paid, too? Yep, you bet. Yep. That's how we pay you. That's right. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, Arsenal, yes. favorite team. Absolutely. Any other favorite soccer? You said soccer? Soccer teams? You have Liverpool, Tottenham, what do you so- got? So so Liverpool actually played Arsenal today, and I have it on delay. So Nobody cares. That. Yeah, I know you guys don't. I'll tell you what. <laughs> How about Ted Lasso, though? Huh? Ted Lasso was a spectacular show. Ted Lasso show. awesome. Heart, very heartwarming. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. And and since I follow that league, Ted Lasso really or fun. Ted Nugent? Ted Nugent's a nutball, <laughs> somebody, man. That guy's somebody awesome. didn't he ask is that question. Somebody didn't ask that question because they... Ted Nooner, Ted Lasso. Yeah. He asked me Marianne a couple times at Hardwood. <laughs> that was so, way at the bottom. Hardwood and Marianne, but Ted... Uh, Ted Nugent, Ted Lasso. Good. Ted La- Go ahead. Ted Lasso. Yeah. You like Ted Lasso? Oh, I think it's an awesome show. Yeah, Isn't it's great. it? It's incredible. And it's fun because I watched the, the league that they're you know in. or the so here's Which the thing. league? The upper one or the lower one? Now, that is something I honestly think should be integrated into the NFL, into the NBA, into the MLB. Think about that. These teams in England, when they play soccer, right? You got your top 20, and that's the league. That's the one that gets the television, all the, all the, all the media coverage. Then you got your step below, which those guys are they're decent, but they're all fighting to get up there. You can get dropped down like division to division. You can have a bar club, and if you continue to win, you get promoted. So think about this. Instead of sandbagging at the end of the season to get a draft pick, your team actually goes down to the minors. That would be an incentive for a lot of these teams to actually step it up. Yeah, except we'd never see the Bears. They'd always be in the bottom division. They'd be in the second division. <laughs> Nobody wants no, that. No, eventually somebody would say. Hey, they're coming back. They got a new assistant coach. Yeah, but, but I mean, oh, like, there you go. You'd have, panic. <laughs> you'd, have, you'd have panic at the end of the season. 
and you'd have to get yourself back up into where you should be. And that's what's cool about the Premier League and the English the English League in general is, you know what, these teams that are small get to come up, then they get a big paycheck, then they can buy some players. I mean, the, the, the transfers and the players and all that stuff is a lot different. I actually play fantasy and I'm deep into it. But, um, again, more nerd stuff that nobody in Elmhurst cares about. They don't care about watches. They don't, don't care under, about Don't English underestimate. Where, yeah. where did you get into this? Uh, I was like a soccer fan, and then um, when I when I started working at Leo Burnett, there was an Arsenal bar uh, that I would go to, and then you basically really? just got to pick a Premier League team. And the bar that I was with was Arsenal, and I liked the, they brought up younger kids and tried to wow, yeah. So wow. right I, here in Chicago, I joke with you, but you're absolutely right on that. It that would work in oh the my leagues. gosh, it, it would, would be much better competitively. You're right. It would it would it would really drive. And the end of the season, you'd have guys that you don't care about. So right now, at the end of the season, here right that the bottom team. Nobody cares. Nobody gives anything, right? right? But in the Premier League, the end of the season, these five bottom teams that are fighting for the top, the, the upper three spots, the upper two spots, they are fighting for their lives because they're basically if their team loses, they lose half their squad because they're going to have to sell them. They can't have, they can't afford them. Think about that. The end. Of the, so you have the top and the bottom, which you're basically watching intense games. People fighting to try and keep their careers alive, kind of stuff. So really, that actually kind of happens. It just doesn't happen as extreme, right? Where no, it, it, it here? Happen here? No, you sandbag at the end of the year so you can get a good draft You're pick. Still in the NFL. You're still yeah. in the NBA. You're yeah, but they, but they 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 draft the guys that aren't performing. And no, but what he's saying is the team literally drops down to like. I would say the you Cubs talking to the mic. I heard Jack Dex Shepard does stuff like that where he kind of has people not talking to their yeah. mic. I've heard so, that too. I don't remember where. Rick, Rick Dex, got a little Dex, too excited. So, Dex PK, this would say, let's say the, the the Detroit Tigers finish last place. They go down to the minors. They're no longer yeah, no, an MLB I, I team. That's I, pretty – I mean, that means they have to shed some of their big their big paid players because they're not going to – they're going to have to farm their, their guys out. And they've got to wait a whole season before they get back up. I'm no That's ex- challenging. I'm no expert, but I thought it sort of happens that way. No, you're no expert. Yeah. So now we a, a few deep, <laughs> a few really deep questions to end uh, end the interview. We don't got another two hours of this stuff because I got all night. <laughs> I got all night. <laughs> any uh, any personal or professional goals you still have to accomplish? I got a lot. I mean, I I, I usually I'm not one of those guys who has a vision board. All right, I don't I don't necessarily do that. I'd like to. Uh, continue to grow the my passion project to be something that would be full time that would that would encompass and have a long future. So that would be wonderful. That'd be awesome. That's a goal. I mean, other than that, it's to get my. Uh, this is a personal one: is to have my son so he can play soccer with me. Pick up. That's that's something I would love to have. I see. I play with again. Guys. If you have a great neurosurgeon, yeah, and a great orthopedic surgeon, yeah, you can do it. You can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Play through those injuries, and you'd be like LeBron James and Bronny James. Come on, I mean, right? I, what stinks is I just hurt my knee, like I was saying. So I, mean, I got to baby it for the next four weeks. But I, I see guys, and they bring their kids, and they play with us, and I, I want that. I, I do love want it. That I do any want that. bucket list destinations or experiences? I've done a good size of this podcast. Yeah, this was it. I mean, this probably capped my. I can pass away, yeah. and I'll feel happy. <laughs> no, um, I've done a lot of travel. Um. I like certain areas, but I've never been to New Zealand. I think New Zealand would be a good one to visit. Again, I'm not sure I want to visit with that with a six and seven year old and a newborn. But um, yeah, New Zealand would be a cool one to come check out. Malort, <laughs> you want to end with our favorite question? 
Okay. Well, what you know, Rick, that's your question. You should ask him. No, no. It really is. You ask him. So, you're under fire. Marianne or Ginger? <laughs> you're under Hard fire. Word. You're in a foxhole. Who do you want, Marianne or Ginger? No. No, no. You're, no. you're under fire in a foxhole, and it can't be your spouse. Who do you want in that foxhole with you? One person. Who's the one person you it's, want it's, it, in the heat of battle? It could to, be sweet. I don't know. It, it could be fair. Could be the guy in this room so who's going to buy your who's going to buy your watch. Yeah, who's going to help you get out of this thing? Who's the one person You're you want with you? I guess my brother. He's a uh, he's a good dude, Tom. He's a good dude. So yeah, we could uh, we could Tommy. sit there and, and joke about stuff. Uh, Does he have powers? Does he have skills, or is he just a good dude? Like he he's got determination, so he will not give up. So if we need to get something done, he'll get it done. Is he like Napoleon Dynamite? Does he have like those kinds of skills? The dancing kind? <laughs> Napoleon <laughs> had a, a lot dance. of skills. He did. He had tots in the pocket, you know, right? that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. So that would help us out. No, he's determined, and uh, he will. He commits to what he's going to do. And when things get, you know, what, get what's rough, Tommy he, doing these days? Tommy is a uh, Tommy. What do I feel like he's Chris Farley? No, Tommy boy's a drummer. No, he's uh, he's a he's a real estate agent out in uh, St. Charles. He works, I believe, for App Properties. I'm sorry if I plugged that incorrectly, Tom. Um, but uh, yeah, oh, he lives he, out in we'll St. Charles. Out, he lives so. he lives out in St. Charles. Nice. He's a, he's a real estate agent. Very cool. Well, Adam, way to go, Tommy. Thanks for being such a good sport with us here no, today. No, thank you we, guys for having me. We had a great time. Thanks for we, putting up with these guys. We wish you <laughs> we wish you a lot of success with Fair and Sweet and. Uh, <laughs> Fairandsweet.com, yeah. Let's, let's get it straight. Fair and sweat. What'd you say? Fair and sweat. How are these guys going to even know how to go, what website to go to? <laughs> There's no They're way. Give so a little plug. How do folks find your beautiful watches? And they yeah. are beautiful. They're really cool. Okay. It, it's uh, Fair and Sweat or Far and Sweat. <laughs> F-A-R-R-A-N-D-S-W-I-T.com. Or you can just find us on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you uh, waste your time on social media. You didn't really think about the pronunciations of those, did you? No, I knew about it. No, you do, but it's tricky. Far and sweat sounds cool still. Far and sweat, fair and sweet. See, the sweat sounds Switzerland. <laughs> so the Swiss it does. movement. It is yeah. aw- They're and awesome. Far, far they are travel. awesome. Check them out. Yeah. Right? Over, out. Thank you. The E-Town Lowdown brought to you by the wonderful folks at the Elmhurst Armpit Orchestra featuring the biggest bass drum in the world at nine feet in diameter yes you heard that right nine feet in diameter